Hey pals, and welcome to We Read It One Night, the podcast where two sisters invite you to join the romance revolution by recapping the latest book that brought us joy. Today, we're chatting about Marrying Winterborn by Lisa Kleypas, the second book in her latest historical romance series and home to Allison's favorite romance hero of all time, Reese Winterborn. Rachel, however, hasn't yet boarded the Reese Winterborn train. Will Allison manage to convince her? Which side of the Winterborn War will you fall on? Listen and enjoy to find out. So yeah, our TikTok is uh, taking off again, doing well. People think I'm a librarian, so that's been fun. Hyenas, I never thought that a hyena fun fact would get the people so riled up, but apparently it's a... Uh, a very popular explain? hate topic in the Meninist space. Um, I made a post that let me t- let me say I learned from a fucking Disney safari tour guide. Okay, so you know right off the bat that it's it should be the least controversial thing ever because it's fucking Disney and they'll like bend over. You know the mouse will never do anything controversial. If you've sat through that like America's History show in Epcot, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Like what? They literally – they cover the Civil War by having a song about, like, two brothers, one wore blue and one wore gray. Like, no. What? So the fun fact is that <laughs> – yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So the, the fun fact is that – so most people, like, have this idea of hyenas as, like, primarily scavengers. Like, basically their whole thing is, like, eating, you know – dead animals and stealing food from like lions and other animals and stuff. But really they're primarily hunters. The reason that we have this like idea of them as scavengers is because basically, I mean, it's like a long history of like folklore and like legends that are rooted in sexism. If you don't fucking believe me, like the commenters, go look at the National Geographic article. So the fun fact is that, yeah, this idea comes from the fact that they would, they saw the male hunt, basically the females do all the hunting and it's matriarchal. They're at the top of the pack. Okay. And the like naturalists or whatever saw the males eating leftover food and assumed that means that no hyenas hunt because the males weren't hunting. Okay. And I, I wrote that on a on a TikTok and I was like, I ended it with like, so basically, even though they're matriarchal, even hyenas are victims of the patriarchy. Ha ha ha. But it's not even a joke. It's the literal truth. Like they have this bad reputation. Everyone hates them and like probably less conservation goes to them, whatever. All right. And people just got really fired up in the comments. Like I I just started citing this like National Geographic article I found um, that completely backs me up, and these two people got in this like eighty comment long fight about how like the one guy was like calling me a liar, and then this girl was like coming to my vehement defense, and she was like, "Did you even read past the paywall? Did you even read the article? Did you read?" And finally, we got to the point where the man was like, "Oh, sorry, I actually didn't. I'm sorry, I'm wrong." Okay. Should have ended there. But instead, she didn't quit while she was ahead. She just kept going after him. And she was like, obviously, you just wanted to bully this, like, poor girl. Like, fuck off. Like, just saying sorry doesn't, like, get rid of the consequences of your actions. <laughs> um, and there's currently another fight that's shaping up to go that same way because people obviously don't, like, scroll through and read the history. Like, this is lessons and lessons on why history is important, people. Like, you could save yourself a lot of heartache. <laughs> Honestly, can you blame her though for not quitting? I had no, to, you had to just, stop fighting never... with people on TikTok because like it just well, kept going. Like, well, that's why I'm glad I didn't like respond to him to begin with. I know because it's just it's just more proof of you will never win a textual argument over the internet. Like never. Even when you win, no. you're not going to win. No. <laughs> never. One time after One Direction broke up and Zayn was the first one to release his new song 
and um i like listened to it and i was like eh, it's average at best it's not really a bop i forget which song it was or whatever but i just tweeted it's something very benign i was like it's fine but like yeah it's no what makes you beautiful and i immediate immediate harassment in my replies yep. like immediate yep. hate i was like y'all yep. <laughs> I don't, yep. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to be bullied for this. <laughs> and I just deleted the tweet. I was like, I'm not yep. dealing with this. I learned, I, I researched for a commenter what to do if a polar bear attacks you, um, in case you weren't aware, as many, many people decided to comment thinking that they were yes. hilarious and the first ever people to think of this. What is it? It's like black, fight back, brown, lie down, white, say goodnight. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like if 10, a polar bear like, decides to attack you, you're like, sorry. Right. But you should, you, you should definitely fight back. Polar bears are known to stalk and attack humans on a regular basis. Like they have wow. no shame. So um, basically, yeah, basically like don't be out. It's like I, I remember seeing also on TikTok like people that like are stationed in like the Arctic and stuff. And like when you come outside the building, there's like a specific little like before – you don't just open the door and go outside. There's like a little cage to go out specifically to look around and make sure there's no polar bear waiting <gasps> to attack you because they will do that. They will like hide and wait and, you know, they'll like they'll <laughs> figure out like all these like tasty little treats are all going into this box. All I have to do is wait for one to come out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway. Um, today we are doing Marrying Winterborn. By Lisa Claypas, who is one of the queens of historical romance. It's the second book in the Ravenel series, and I love it. And um, I know that you were texting me, and you were like, you know, it's fine. And I was like, in this house, we will not accept Reese Winterborn slander because Reese Winterborn is I, our hero. I have a Lisa lot of Claypas slander. Is known for her heroes. She has like some of the most well-known heroes in historical romance. And I love Reese Winterborn with all my heart. He is my favorite Claypaw's hero. I And my – I don't think you understand, Rachel. As I was re- rereading this book, I was like, my goal for this episode is that by the end, Rachel will also be on Team Winterborn. <laughs> I – the first time I read this book, I didn't really like the first half. But by the time we got to the second, it was like action-packed enough and I couldn't wait. And I like finally identified with Helen, Ari, the sister – and I like couldn't wait to see what happened next. This time, I already knew it was going to happen, and all I could just focus on was how fucking infu- like there's both. I, yeah, I don't know. Shut the fuck up, Reese is perfect. <laughs> it's also wild that like the main conflict, that like the sister storyline, doesn't even start until like more than halfway through. I feel like overall, what I will say for this book, I feel like there's a much bigger cast of characters that's like bigger and more well developed than usual like we get different perspectives like there's like a sex scene from not the main couple you know like she throws well, yeah, that it's in because it's the it's from yeah the first couple. but not just that but also just like overall it just feels like a very like she did a good job like she didn't just like throw in like you know npcs on the sidelines to like give information she's very good at world building i feel like that's yeah. one of her specialties like she definitely she like makes her world very rich and they're also like all like interconnected um as well oh, there's definitely. like the clay plus cinematic universe yeah. some background so our hero is reese winterborn he is welsh he is so hot um and i would like to marry him he owns a department store basically like victorian era macy's and he's like the richest man ever and the heroine is Helen, who is like, I don't know, super pale and like nice. And she also really likes to take care of orchids. And she is the oldest daughter of the Ravenel family, who are like these 
wild whatever like aristocrats so the so the background of whatever they're known for like their tempers or whatever yeah. but helen is like super like chill and like nice and kind so, and she's like cool. to a fault <laughs> shh, shh, shh. listen let me give the background it's important because act- okay so romances mo- the majority of the time are standalone and like ob- like technically all the books in the ravenel series are supposed to be standalone but i think more so than some of Lisa's other books that I've read, they're not really standalone oh, because for sure. in order to get the full Helen Reese story, you kind of have to read the first book. And so I would recommend reading the first book, but like only reading the recent Helen parts and like Yeah, you told me not to read it. I still haven't read it. I feel like I it starts in the middle. It's so confusing. I remember yeah. being so confused. I was gonna be like, what the hell what is going on? Okay, so let me let me give everyone a background of Reese and Helen's story in the first book. So basically, Reese is BFFs with the hero of the first book, and he and the hero of the first book get in a train accident and all have to recover at the Ravenel country estate. And Helen is there, and Reese is like a big old cranky little boy to everybody because he has a broken leg and like he's in pain. But then Helen is like, somebody needs to take care of this loser. And so she goes and takes care of him. Um, So basically, like, Helen nurses Reese back to health. And she's, like, super soft with him. And he's just, like, gone for her. Like, from that moment, he's like, oh, my fucking God. Like, who is this angel? I love her so much. And the plot of the first book is that the Ravenals are, like, super poor. Their estate is in, like, ruins or whatever. And so Helen and Reese get engaged in order to, like – help the family like funds but then because of you know circumstances plot reasons by the end of the first book they are not engaged anymore because what happened was that reese like kissed her and helen's like super innocent and like you know doesn't know shit about anything because she's just like grown up in her little country estate for like 20 years and she like gets kissed and she's like oh my god i don't know what's happening and then you know they're upset about that and then she gets a migraine which i relate to and then the heroine of the first book like goes to reese and is like the engagement's over because the family also has like they get like they get rich all of a sudden because of like you know land stuff and so like she doesn't need to marry reese anymore and so the beginning of this book is their engagement is broken off but Helen is coming to Reese's department store and she's like, I am going to get my man back. So, yeah, Reese has a Welsh accent, which I I still think it just sounds – I okay, it's the same Welsh accent that the narrator of Hal's Moving Castle does. And I remember thinking – like I was shocked like halfway through that book that like it was a real accent. Like it was actually supposed <laughs> to be Welsh because I was like, this just sounds like a – it sounds like he's like – you know, English is a second language and he's like, so I don't know what, it, I don't know where it would be from. Like, Welsh but like, it sounds like he's like, well, I guess it is. I guess you, if you speak Welsh, like you speak a different language, like it makes sense. But like, it is I also, I, I, but I looked up, but I know, yeah, yeah. Well, but not for most people like learning nowadays, but thanks to people like the villain of this book trying to stamp it out in schools. But anyway, I looked it up and the Welsh accent that all audiobook narrators seem to do does not seem to be the standard Welsh accent. Like I found YouTube videos of like, different accents and it only sounded like this niche northern one that like one person in yeah. one of the videos I had had well it's like how British accents a lot of times like yeah you know what I mean like there's one a British accent that everybody does but like that's not the majority of British accents yeah no, that makes sense I imagine Reese as like this like bear of a man like you remember yeah, he's supposed to be okay so let's let me set the stage Anyone who knew me in college will know. So, like, my – if I marry a man, my 
I the man that I picture like being my husband and like having children with, he's like like large generally and like has a beard and he like chops wood and wears flannel and like the children call him pa okay <laughs> specifically pa like that the a man that like looks like he would be called pa you know like that kind of man and that's who i picture for reese like reese's pa in my mind um <laughs> except pa originally had red hair and reese has black hair so like i don't care pa is now interchangeably but that's also why i'm always so like i see fan cast for reese and they cast him as like um you remember you know discovery of witches matthew yeah. good the main the main guy discovery of witches like i see people like casting him as reese and i'm like that man listen matthew good is very hot but he is no pa like he is father or papa like he is no just single syllable pa and reese winterborn is a pa <laughs> okay so on. we begin reese is in his department store <laughs> office what I was just saying we're finally beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Reese is at his department store office. His very competent secretary comes in. Her name is Mrs. Fernsby, and she's like, there's a woman at the door. And Reese is like, I don't fucking care. Like, I'm busy. And he's like, I don't know. She's very fancy. And then Reese immediately, his Helen senses are tingling. And he's like, the woman that broke up with me, but I've also been pining after for like two whole books. That, well, that but he's woman? he's also like, oh, I can't wait for her to like show up and grovel. I'll like turn her down. He's like, so literally, yeah. Like <laughs> Reese is like, I would love for Helen to beg me to take me back just so big like take her back just so I can reject her. But then like Reese, like five minutes after Helen asks him to take her back, is like putting on the clown makeup, just like full simple. <laughs> <laughs> love him so much he's such a soft little boy but oh he, my god he's such a cinnamon roll he really is he's the hard exterior and he's just so soft and gooey on the inside i don't know i just want to say something about this whole scene this whole scene goes on for like three chapters where they're like in his office like negotiating and like deciding whether they're gonna get back together or not and i just think this scene does like so much in terms of like establishing their characters and also foreshadowing like their growth, it perfectly highlights the dynamics of their relationship and how like Helen softens Reese, treats and, her like, like a child the entire time. I disagree. No, I was going to say, and how I, I mean, I'll, I like, I, I wrote this down for later, but like Reese, like, yes, he's both very much like, I want to put you in my large coat and like, just keep you warm and safe for the rest of your life and never let you leave. But he also like respects Helen in a way. And like makes Helen feel strong in a way that nobody else does. I'm not gonna I mean, he definitely it, it'd be hard for her to him to treat her worse than the other adults in her life have up until this point. But again, he it's very much like an adult-child dynamic that I don't like. Like Helen is just like sheltered in the extreme, even for historical. Like she's just so like know nothing. And he like – Yeah, but she teaches her things, but like – The book is her kind of finding her voice and finding her confidence. Sure. Helen is a poor abused – like. I know, anyway. but yeah, I feel like the, okay. the solution for that is not – yeah, okay. Reese hears that Helen's at the door and he's like, I can't believe – past that. Moving no, no, on. no, but I just – I have a quote to say. I have okay. a quote. All right. He says, she wouldn't have taken such an enormous risk without a good reason. And I'm like, my poor baby Reese. Like, why can't you accept that you're the good reason? That Like, she wants you back. Like- he, assumed, he assumed she wants money and he's like, if you don't have a bank account, I'll open one for you. 
no bank would let a woman open it for herself. But I was like, but they let a strange man open it for her? Like, yes. what? But I thought I had to be a relative. Like, no. isn't that the whole point? It makes no sense. Whatever. Strange man. So stupid. He's Reese Witherborn. He, like, owns half of London. Um, but also, Helen takes her gloves off and Reese, like, nearly creams his pants. And, like, that's just why, like, I love historicals so much. Because, like, he would never get that in a contemporary. Like, men see my hands all the time. They're nothing special. But, like, <laughs> in historical, they're like, oh. <laughs> in a contemporary, it would be, like, she took off her jacket and her shirt slipped. I saw her shoulder. Like, that's I what know, it be. No, but, like, it doesn't – the yearning and, like, the sexual tension <laughs> – is just like by nature so heightened in historicals in a way that's just not possible with contemporaries unless it's like, I don't know, like an Amish romance or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you read those? No, I read a mafia romance, but even in mafia not romance, it's Amish. not. Yeah. No, but like, I mean, in mafia romances, is often like the innocent and like the dark, scary mm. man. So it has a little bit of the same dynamics, but like, there's just nothing like a historical in terms of like yearning. So basically, Mr. Winterborn or Reese, <laughs> Mr. Winterborn, Reese sees an opportunity and he's like, all right, I'll take you back, but I need a guarantee. Like we have to sleep. Wait, okay. You're, you're speeding way too fast. I just, I just want to know like a third of my notes are this one scene. <laughs> I hate this scene with every fiber of my being. I love this scene. So <laughs> it's just like in the middle of the action, like. No. I'm like, why do these people – well, you read the first book and you told me to read it. I'm like, why do these people it's care really about each other? I have no like, background. The first book just waiting to get to the yeah. second book. I'm just, I'm just telling you, when I re- read, I read this, I was like, I have no – I feel nothing for these people because I have no reason to like them or like them together because I have no background. Oh, okay. So I do want to say that like Reese, like you, you, you know, mentioned you think – you see it as like a parent-child dynamic, but I see it as like – Reese thinks of Helen as very delicate and he definitely like underestimates her in the beginning but like part of the journey of their relationship is him like both like something I really like it's like this good balance of like him maintaining thinking of her as like delicate and thinking of her something to be treasured while also like recognizing her inner strength and I like that Helen doesn't have to become this like super strong badass in order to still like be respected like her gentleness is like her core character trait. But yeah, Reese is like, I know that you fucking hate me. Like, you freaked out when I kissed you. And Helen is like, dude, that was my first kiss. Like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And Reese just has like a brain blast. He's just immediately like, mm-hmm. he has just the knees knocked out from under him. He's like, oh my God, I'm such a monster. I can't believe I kissed her. I took away her first kiss and I didn't do that. And I don't know how to be gentle. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm a brute. I'm a Welsh brute. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you're not. You're a cinnamon roll. And then he calls her, he calls her Carriad for the first time. And I love endearments in other languages in usually with Scottish romances it's like mo sheree sheree I don't I can't speak Gaelic it's that one it's mo sheree I don't think so because it's Gaelic and that sounds too French oh Gaelic oh I thought you were saying French yeah no it's c-h-i-d-r-e oh you're saying how to pronounce we had yeah I don't know how to pronounce it but that's the usual that's the Scottish thing and then here in Welsh we have Cariad and I just love I love I, and he has multiple, like he has multiple Welsh endearments. Oh, yeah. He calls her like Baichan. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the first time he calls her that and I love it. It's just so cute. And then she tries to kiss him because she's like, I just like, I want to be together again. And he's like still resisting and she kisses him and he's just like a deer in headlights. Like I just imagine like his eyes the size of dinner plates. He's like, oh my God, what's going on? She's fucking kissing me. He's like, could it be that what he had read as disdain had been shyness? What he thought like – rudeness innocence or something that's very common most common thing that people mistake for rudeness is shyness so 
Remember that I next feel like time. I should like keep a bottle someone... of vodka nearby when we record just so that every time you share this fun fact, I can take a shot. <laughs> I feel like people need to remember it. Like it's I, true. Shyness I... is often mistaken for pride. Or rudeness or just like yeah. standoffishness. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 Anyway. But yeah. So Helen explains that like she likes him not just because she thinks he's hot, although she thinks he's like super hot. And she's like, uh, ever since I kiss, like even though it freaked me out, like I keep having wet dreams about it. And it's like. Even though I don't know what sex is, I'm having sex dreams about this. And I well, wake hot with can... shame. And here's the thing. Helen feeling guilty about kissing Reese like never goes away. Like until the very what last. Mean? Maybe maybe like in the very oh, last it, scene. She's constantly like, I feel so guilty. No, I remember at least as late as the greenhouse scene. Although maybe that's because she's not telling him something. Whatever. She's not Continue. telling him. She feels guilty because she's not telling him something. Not because – no, Helen, like very much part of her sexual journey is having to unlearn being like told that like her body is shameful and like her sexual desires are shameful. I just like really don't I think like it's that it's handled being, really well. Yeah, I guess. It's just like – being taught by like the only person that she'll ever get to sleep with, which he also says explicitly, which I really I usually don't mind that, but I just really didn't like it because I'm like, I what like if you're it. a bad, what if you're actually a bad kisser, Reese? Like maybe she should get to kiss other people. His name like, is Reese. He can't be a bad kisser. It's against the rules. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so he doesn't. She doesn't just like him because she thinks he's hot, but she also like likes him because he makes her feel like important and like intelligent, respected. Even though, like, he kind of walks all over her. But that's just because, like, I don't know that that's necessarily Reese's fault. It's just because, like, Helen has been so conditioned her whole life to, like, allow people to walk all over her. Because her, like, you know, parents are super abusive. And her journey throughout the book is, like, learning how to maintain gentleness while, like, having a backbone. And she's like, I need someone. Like, I need someone who's not just going to, like, coddle me and, like, keep me up in my ivory tower. Like, I've been, like what's been happening my whole life yeah she says that and then he's like but he does like what <laughs> like I don't what know, like i think he like whatever helen starts to cry and reese is immediately like i don't know what to fuck to- i don't know what to do oh my god and i'm just like i love a man who just like feels like he's been punched to the gut as soon as he sees his lady cry but then i also love a man who like doesn't understand like had a hug <laughs> he's like i don't know what to do and he's just like patting her <laughs> and he's like nothing is worth your tears and she says you are and i went ah! <laughs> <laughs> rachel's already tired of me we're not even like two oh my god <laughs> this is just anyway uh <laughs> this is when he starts scheming he's like all right I can take her back but i need to seal the deal first and like make sure that she can't back out and he's like all right like ultimatum sleep with me and we can get engaged again and then so background for this i'm not done talking about i'm not criticizing okay i'm not done talking about i'm gonna eat a pretzel the background for this is that when the heroine of the first book who's helen's sister-in-law came to like tell reese the engagement was off he was pissed and he like you know threatened her in classic lisa claybus fashion and he's like yeah well, like, even if we did say we want to get married again, like, there's the little matter of, like, your cousin slash the hero of the first book being like, no, uh, you threatened my wife, so you can't, you can't get together. So Reese is like, well, like, if we have sex, then, like, he has to let me marry you no matter what. And she's immediately like, she's like, no. Helen is also, like, annoyed that 
uh, Kathleen and Devin, we should say their names because they're actually going to be real characters, um, who are the hero and heroine of the first book, like, didn't tell her the truth of, like, what happened and how they, like, broke off the engagement and stuff. They just, like, did it for her and, like, treated her like a child. Helen's like, well, what if we have sex and then you ditch me? And Reese is like, nah, like, once we have sex, like... Like you're he's like just so earnest about it. he's like absolutely not like once we have sex like you're my wife and he's like it'll be as like legit as if we like held an oathing stone and got married on Welsh soil and like now I like low-key want to get married with an oathing stone just like where you like <laughs> hold like I guess like a little rock between your hands like when you get married and then you like throw it into a lake and like your like love becomes part of the land I don't know I just think it's really fucking cute. <laughs> But yeah, here here I'm thinking like Helen, if you think there's any chance of his like quote unquote vindictiveness, like of sleeping with you and then screwing you over, like that's a big red flag. And right after that, she's she like, doesn't. Mr. Winterborn's determination seemed to feed on her distress. And I'm like, that is not great. She doesn't I I mean, actually I- think that. But then she turns around and she's like thinking, she's basically just like, I may regret it if I marry Reese, but I would regret it more if I didn't. And the thing that ultimately changes her mind. So we mentioned at the beginning that Helen has like a shit ton of orchids. And in the first book, she gave Reese like her most temperamental orchid as like a gift. And when she's in his office, she sees like a whole row of like how to care for orchid books. And when he when they broke off the engagement, Reese sent the flower back. And Helen was like, oh my gosh, like not only did the flower survive, but it thrived. Like, what the fuck? And Helen like sees the books and she's like, oh, you took care of it yourself? And he was like, yeah, I didn't have any intention of failing your little test. Mm-hmm. She's like, it wasn't a test. Like, I fully expected you to kill it and I was going to marry you anyway. And Reese was like, yeah, but I didn't. I, I kept That's, it alive. Yeah, I did like that. That was funny. It was really cute. Yeah. And I was like, he bought he and then she says yes to like having sex with him. And Reese is just shook. And then Helen, this is when Helen like sort of starts to develop a backbone. She's like, our problem was that I didn't communicate with you and that I was like too shy and I was too reserved. So like I'm gonna try to be more honest with you. I fucking hate my engagement ring. It's like too big. I can't play the piano with it. <laughs> I want a new one. And so Reese goes and gets her a new one. He also he's like, I'll I'll buy you a piano and Helen is like oh I'll play for you every night and Reese just has a super soft fantasy of like listening to Helen play the piano for him and then like going up and making like sweet sweet love to her like every night and it's just so cute it's so domestic (laughs) yeah and then they have their like why are you not impressed you like playing the piano (laughs) yeah I don't like playing the piano for people though it's like so uncomfortable I hate it I just like get full body like tingles but in like a bad way like cringe Uh-oh. cringles crin- cringles <laughs> <laughs> pandora is that you uh yeah uh-huh. um that's helen's sister who likes to make up words I, I do like that that's part of the like uh very much well she's gonna be the hero heroine of the next book but um part of like the world building i guess but yeah, this is when they have their their cute little conversation about how he's like so non-sexist that his secretary is a woman, but like they have the long discussion about Helen. Helen is like, yeah, of course a woman can be a secretary, and like this whole thing about how great he is because he hired her, even though his like manager didn't want to. But I'm like, there's no reason to bring this up just to like agree with it, Helen. Like, I don't, whatever. She asks <sighs> tangent, why. She's tangent. like, oh, it's weird that you have a woman secretary. Yeah, which uh, is weird objectively. Like, it makes sense in. Victorian era England that the character would add, would be like oh I that's know. weird I know I, mean, I said that at the beginning I get that that is how it would be I just don't need that in my historical whatever I like Mrs. Fernsby then so this is when the the jeweler right so she does get a new ring so Helen is talking to the jeweler and then 
Reese is stress eating peppermint creams, which is like oh, his yeah. like snack of choice. Yeah. And something that I do love about the Ravenel series is overall is that like each book has like a food item associated with it. And Lisa Clebus provides the recipes oh, to yeah. each one at the back. So the peppermint, so I want to make peppermint creams. Yeah, those sound really yeah, I remember I remember you showed me yeah, before I even read the book the first I time. I sent you like a screenshot. I was like, I want to yeah. make this recipe. Mm. <laughs> you don't like peppermint, I thought. I don't like peppermint in my hot chocolate. I don't like peppermint in things that aren't supposed to be peppermint-y. Hot chocolate is a yeah, anyway, here's the look, here's the recipe. Half right of these here. peppermint creams I have chocolate have it on them. In my book. It's powdered mm. sugar, meringue powder, what? a pinch what of salt. Meringue powder? Are they vegan or something? Or like, meringue. like of eggs? No, meringue is meringue. eggs. Meringue is made of egg whites. Oh, she does say most recipes called for real egg whites, but we got better and safer results by using meringue powder. Huh. Because yeah, you don't really like cook them, I guess. It. Yeah. If you're not a fan of peppermint, you can substitute any flavor you're, you prefer. Vanilla works beautifully. But yeah, so it's powdered sugar, meringue powder, salt, peppermint extract, and milk. Wait, I could make I could make that right now if I use like egg whites because I have peppermint peppermint uh, extract from making this like cake a few <gasps> months ago. Wow. Wow. Huh. But but do you cook them? Like, are, are would the egg whites be like raw if you don't use the meringue extract? Um, you roll the dough, you put them on wax paper to dry, and set for at least fifteen minutes. Yeah, it seems that you do not cook them. Okay, I would want meringue powder then. Roll yeah, the well, dough. I'm sure that there you can find recipes online that do require you. To How cook is them there a the dough eggs. when it's just like sugar and? I pictured it was just like that's meringue how it drops got. Listen, I'm like. just I'm just reading Lisa's directions. Interesting. I'm anyway, Reese is like stress eating these peppermint creams while Helen is getting a new ring. <laughs> and then later, that also bothered me. He later has the audacity to tell a child she can only eat two. Very rude. <laughs> it's very soft. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, and uh, she's looking at jewelry, and then she like picks out this ring that's like you know it's like pretty, but it's not super like valuable because the ring that he originally gave her was this like giant diamond that definitely is a like walking human rights violation and he's like it's a semi-precious stone helen you can't have a semi-precious stone you have to have a precious stone and she's like reese i like it and then reese is immediately like god damn it like she she makes her happy <laughs> well i actually sympathize with reese here because i feel like He's going to be the one getting judged when people see that and they're like, oh, he mm-hmm. couldn't even buy her like a nice engagement ring. Like, yeah, no, that is his concern. He's like the wife of Winterborn should have a nice ring. Right. But I love I love that like a person a core personality trait of Reese is that like he is physically impossible of not like respecting Helen's opinions, even if he like struggles with them, even if he's like fundamentally opposed. He's like, I cannot not give Helen anything that she wants. <laughs> like, is that not I'm the bare physically minimum, incapable. <laughs> what? Is that not the bare minimum, though? Like, No, but I don't know. Just like his internal struggle every time where he's like fighting his like baser instincts of like materialism and capitalism and like, wow. And then Helen's just like, no, I just want a piano and a nice ring. And Reese is like... <sighs> She's Fine. like, I never, I never judge the worth of something by how much it actually costs. A pretty sentiment, but as the owner of a department store, it gave him chest pains. <laughs> yes. But I'm also like that whole like, I never judge something by how much it costs. I'm like, what a rich person thing to say. Yeah. And my first thought was like, that's complete bullshit. But then I realized like it, it, it applies like sometimes, but like. Yeah. I guess, yeah, it depends how you define worth. And But yeah, Reese is like, you need something else. Like you have to ask for like a tiara or a necklace in order to like balance the ledger. And like Helen's like, Reese, there's 
there's no ledger in relationships. She's like, that's not how relationships work, my friend. Like, it's just two people (laughs) being together. And then he proposes to her a second time. And like the first proposal, they like talk about it. I don't think you see it in the first book. So don't worry. This isn't a situation where you missed out on something in the first book. (laughs) He's like the first book. He was just like, here's the advantages of you marrying me. And like, we will be good together. But then in this proposal, she's like, how would you do it if you were romantic? And he is like, I would tell you, I would teach you a Welsh word, hiraith, which is a feeling of incompleteness that every Welshman has. And Helen is like, do you feel incomplete? And he's like, not when I'm with you. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Now it's time for him to get his insurance. Yeah. So they go into his house, which is connected to the store through like this fancy hallway. Reese's shoulders take up the width of the hallway. They take up the width of the corridor. This is why I get mad when people cast him as a skinny actor. I'm like, no, Reese is a bear. Actually, he's compared to a wolf on multiple occasions throughout the book. But I am at, he's like a bear-like man. Like bear-like man has never applied to anyone better in my But later on, he's described as weighing at least 14 stone, which is only 196 pounds, which is like not, you know, it depends how tall you are, but he's supposed to be very tall. So I have a hard time imagining how someone can be like, like so big that people like comment, but only weigh 196 pounds. I guess there's that word at least. Like I've long ago decided not to like – listen when (laughs) when when authors not just in romance but authors of any sort tell me like how much a character weighs I'm like no I'm like I don't believe (laughs) I just don't believe that people in general and this applies to me in general like I could not tell you what a 196 pound man looked like couldn't tell you and I I mean obviously it depends like someone who's like 6'2 and 196 pounds is gonna look a lot different than someone who's 5'6 but like that's my thing is like I don't people there's no way for you to have like an image of like what I I definitely a man of a certain weight and a certain height looks like because it all it depends on like body mass it depends on like right but generally speaking sure but if if I tell you that someone is like 120 pounds there's no way that they're big unless they're like four foot six or something you know what I mean so like there's a there's a range and I feel like I personally have a a much better grasp on it because I'm like always I'm just like very aware of people's heights because I was forced to be aware of my height like the reason I know that I was five foot nine and a half on the first day of seventh grade is specifically because I knew that like every new person I met would ask and they did so I I I would say that I have like a, a better than average concept of like shapes and sizes of people and 196 pounds is like yeah, not unless he's like five eight. Like then yeah, but maybe, I'm saying, but I don't think most tall. authors authors have that yeah that's true. concept, and so I generally like just ignore that. Especially when it's supposed to be like you know, like in Twilight, when you tell me that Bella's 110 pounds and she's like five four, I'm like, okay, fine. Like she's right. like skinny and she's like she's like normal height. But especially with men, I just feel like because yeah, the majority true. of books that I read are from women, I just feel like there's like. There's just, like, so little concept of, like, what, like, height and weight in, like, men looked like for me that I just, like, I'm, like, I don't believe authors really have a concept. Yeah, I feel like it's worse for women overall. I feel like that that pisses me off so much. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I just feel like there's usually a lot less, like, body diversity with women. And, like, in terms of height, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, There's like a 20-pound so. weight range, and they're all no. like five, four to five, six. Oh, in usually. books, I guess. Yeah. In books. That's what I'm saying, in books. But it still bothers me. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, I'm not saying it's reviews. a good thing. I'm just saying like – It bothers me because of – no, it bothers me on two levels. Like because of just like, you know, lack of diversity, but also just the lack of like specificity and yet the yeah. lack of precision. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, I don't necessarily – I don't like having specific numbers. I don't sure. want you to tell me like I don't want you to describe a character to me in detail. No, but like, the implication that giving them giving you their weight will tell you like everything about them. Yeah. That means nothing. No. Like literally nothing. No. All you need to know about Reese is that his shoulders take up the width of the corridor. That's okay. what you need to Sorry, know. that was a bit of a tangent. We're that's an hour important. In. Oh my God. Uh yeah. that's important. Okay. So they go and they're talking about how when Helen nursed him back from his sick bed and how like he was like super delirious and he she like allowed him to rest her his head on her like bosom and she was like oh my god I didn't think you remembered that and he says I'll remember it until the last hour of my life and I'm just like he's so gone for her and that's something I saw someone someone talking about this book and someone was talking about how like you know, like so, like insta love. Like I think this is a this is a book of insta love. Like they're really just like gone for each other, like from the get go. And insta love is often used as like, like you know, in like a negative review of oh, this book yeah. was super insta love. It was super bad. But this is like I don't know. I guess it's just because Lisa Claypas is a fucking genius. But she, I don't like this is a situation in which I'm like this is insta love. But like their relationship also grows and matures, and like I believe it. You know what I mean? I believe that like there are people that exist where they just like you meet someone and you're like, this is it. Hmm. I guess so. Yeah. I just like don't identify with Helen at all until the last like fifth of the book. At which point I identify with her a lot. But like, yeah, I guess. Sure. Yeah. It's, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't use. Inst- I, I'll give. I'll give it this. I would not use insta love in a pejorative manner to describe this. Definitely not. Would you like to talk about them having sex now? Yeah. I've. Sure. That's. I've reached the end of my notes of the office scene. Oh my god. So yeah, as we previously foreshadowed, that's a fruit fly. Helen knows literally nothing. She didn't. She doesn't even really know what like her period is. Like she didn't. We have like this thing. Was Theo like abusive? Her older her brother who's dead. Okay. Was he? Yeah. So it's what you. So I mean. This is from the first book. Theo was like, like the famous Ravenel temper was their older, but Theo was their older brother. Right. But was he was married to Kathleen and he like three days after their wedding, like gets angry, rides a horse and breaks his neck. So yeah, he was generally like pretty like absent. Like he was like the traditional, like old, uh, older aristocratic brother. Like he doesn't really give a shit about his younger sisters. He's like entitled, but like he has this really sweet moment where like Helen gets her period and she has no fucking clue. She's like telling Reese, she was like, I literally thought I was dying. (laughs) Like I was bleeding and I had no idea what was going on. And Theo was like home from school and comes in and came in and like explained to me basically like what was up and like gave me sanitary towels and then like took me to like one of the maids so like she could like give me the down low. Yeah. Okay. Because I like for some reason got it in my head that Theo was like abusive to Kathleen and I was like – I mean I get we're getting these like redeeming scenes but also like I need to know exactly what he did before I know he like, wasn't how abu- – Like the Kathleen-Theo backstory was that they both – they like liked each other. Like it was theoretically like a love match but not like, you know, a romance love match. Mm-hmm. And 
But then like on their wedding night, he got super drunk and then came in to like have sex with her. And she was like, no, like I'm not, we're not having sex like while you're drunk. And then he got like mad because of the famous Ravenel temper TM. Mm-hmm. And then they like, so like she's still like a virgin when he dies, basically. It's like a big oh, okay. plot point of the first book. Hmm. But he okay. didn't like do anything. He just like, you know, came yeah. in, tried to have sex okay. and then like left after she yeah. said no. Yeah. Basically, Helen's like, oh, it's for the husband to decide what the bride should know and explain it to her on the wedding night. Like, okay, LOL. She's just parroting them. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. She's like, she was like, I was taught that my like vulva was a shameful place. Like I was taught that babies came (laughs) out from under gooseberry bushes by the nanny. Like she's like, I don't think you understand like how little I've been told. But Reese is like super patient. And so he's like, I'm going to explain to you like as we go along. I'm not just going to like rip roar into this, you know, without a care in the world. And so he's, like, making her feel comfortable. He takes off her dress without her knowing it, like, unbuttons it. And, like, I really like that. She's, like, standing there and he's, like, why don't you take your dress off? And she's, like, but it's not – oh, oh. And it's like, falls to the ground. She's, like, oh my, how did you do that? It's, like, in a lady's guide when she just, like, like unbuttons her dress. She's, like, suddenly takes her clothes off from, like, one beat to the next. And she's, like, how did you do that? <laughs> yeah, I do like that. That's a good trip. Oh, what? What? Uh, Where are my clothes? My clothes. Yeah. They're gone. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's like, yeah, she is like, you know, it's it, there's no way to like explain to him like just how like fucked up this was. Like such lessons could never entirely be unlearned, which brings me to our pregnancy TikTok. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I did. Wait. Yeah, I literally I wrote a note. Where did I write this? I wrote a note about like Rachel's pregnancy TikTok. Oh, I literally yeah. made a note like at this point yeah. where I was like, it's the shame about pregnancy. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's like, um, it's like, would you believe that after all these years, the idea of being pregnant still feels vaguely embarrassing to me? Like, what? Everyone is just going to know you had sex for nine months? Common sense works hard, but the purity industrial complex works harder. Anyway, what I'm saying is, I get why Mary did what she did. (laughs) I feel like that's Helen right now. She's like, yep. Yeah, so Reese takes off her stockings, which are like super damaged. And like old because like again her family was poor up until oh, very yeah. recently and he like takes them off and she's like he's like oh like like they're and they've like made he rips like them. He like rips marks them. no he takes it he doesn't rip them he so when he takes it he takes them off and they've like made marks in her like thighs like they're like they're not good stockings and like the garters the ties the ties around her thighs because that's how you kept he the stockings off just she had to like stockings. tie them so tight no no he does he doesn't rip them though so he takes them take off the stockings he's like these aren't worth touching you and he like throws one of the stockings in the fire and oh, burns yeah. it and Helen is immediately like no like you are you're not allowed to destroy my possessions. Like, just because it doesn't mean anything to you doesn't mean it didn't mean something to me. Like, I chose to, like, mend my stockings so that I could, like, buy books and other stuff that I wanted. And Reese is like, you're right. Like, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't he does. have treated your possessions, like, with carelessness. Like, I shouldn't have just, like, told you that your things weren't important. But then he still destroys her stuff on at least two separate occasions later on. What's the other? Oh, the bow. The bow, that's an accident. I was about to be riled up. There's another one that I don't think I wrote down, but I remember thinking it somewhere in the middle of the uh, narrative. He destroys her chemise in this scene, but he does. He is like, it's like a joke. Like they make a little joke out of it. And then he's also like, he tells her that her her vagina is like an orchid to try to like 
you know, mm. make her less ashamed about it. And I was like, both Lisa Claypas and I have been waiting one point, one and a quarter books for this reference. Like I have been waiting for the orchid vagina comparison and here it is. The vulva looks like an orchid, <laughs> like orchid petals. It's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thank God, Lisa. Like, thank God that you went there because I, feel I was like waiting to be, for this. I feel like for it to be realistic for her to get it, he should have like pulled out a little like hand mirror or something because otherwise like I don't understand how she just suddenly like realizes oh you're right it does look like it like you've never seen it but she's just imagining it like he's like tracing the like parts and Mm. he's like look these are like and he knows about orchid parts he knows the like different terminology because he read his orchid books that's true Helen feels Reese's dick and she's like she reacts like a a scared kitten Um, as I mentioned earlier Reese is compared frequently to a wolf Mm. Helen is all like constantly compared to a cat constantly compared to a kid all the time i wrote there are many quotes like i I wrote them down too but i didn't make the connection until right now this is traditional cat scale like stuff Mm. where like helen is like a kitten the whole time but she's a kitten not a cat that's what i'm saying no at one point she is compared to a cat i wrote down the quote he makes her come twice so unlike anthony bridgerton reese cares about foreplay that's true true. he does eat her out on multiple occasions Yeah, so Helen goes to nap to sleep. She takes a little nap, a little nap like a little cat after mm-hmm. um, they have sex. And Reese just like cuddles with her and just like watches her sleep for an hour. And I'm like, I know that we roasted Eddie Boy Cullen so hard for watching <laughs> Bella sleep, but like it's really fucking well, he, she cute knows, when Reese does it. She knows he's in the it's room. Tr- it's not <laughs> as weird if, if it's like consensual, I guess. Like yeah. I guess you can't technically – when you're Consent asleep, but to like, be watched when you're she asleep. she's aware that he's there. Yeah. <laughs> like, so now he immediately starts scheming. He's like, "We have to elope." And I was confused he's by this because I'm pretty panic. Sure. It's not scheming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, sure, "I can't." Sure, he's sure. like, "Fuck!" Like but, somehow Helen's but, gonna get taken away from me. But and then Helen is like really against this idea when she finally wakes up. But I swear, when I I should have gone back to check. But like when Helen walks into the office, her first thing is like, "We should just elope," isn't it? Like she's yes. like, "We don't," you know. And then but then she's like vehemently against it. So she's like, let's elope. Because at that point, when she suggests it in the office, she's like, she's just trying to say like, whatever. She just wants him back. So she's just trying to like throw out things that she thinks is going to like get him to take her back. But then when she's like, we can elope, he's like, no, I don't want to elope because then everyone's going to, no one's going to like yeah, believe exactly. that you okay, went that with too. me willingly. So I yeah. want a big wedding. And then yeah. now Reese is like, why the fuck did I say I wanted a big wedding? Like, I literally just want to marry her now. What the fuck? And then Helen is like, no, like, I, I still believe that you want a big wedding. And, like, also, like, my brother died less than a year ago. And you have, like, dumb Victorian mourning rituals. So she's like, I want to, like, honor him. And, like, we were originally going to wait five months, like, until June. The first time we were engaged. So, like, why can't we do that now? And Reese is like, I'm so horny that I might die. And Helen is like, not my problem. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's gonna be so hard to not cheat on you if I like have to wait that long. I'm like, dude, no. just like jerk off, like get over it. Like well, that's what he says. He says he was he was like men are driven to self molestation. Like, oh no, I think he says abuse, like something like that, self abuse like, or whatever. Right, which I was like, okay, so you have to jerk off. But she is. She's like, what were you gonna do originally? And Reese is like, I don't like. I hadn't even considered it. But he's like, now there's like no fucking way. Like I absolutely cannot be with anyone besides you ever. And she's like, I'm afraid. Classic line. I'm afraid there's nothing you can bribe me with. You already promised me the piano. 
Good for you, Helen. <laughs> yes. She goes and takes a little bath and she mm-hmm. gets into the bath like a cat making its way across even ground, which is such <laughs> good imagery because I can imagine like the gentle like yeah. pitter, like padding of the footsteps oh, like yeah. across the tile it's floor. Like that. Definitely. It's like, I mean, I don't know if we've, I forget if we've like brought this up on the podcast before, but those videos you keep sending me, I need to like go to the source and just watch 100% of them mm-hmm. of that guy who puts like a GoPro on his cats and just like, it's like you're moving as a cat. And I just watch that and I'm like, I just feel like such a, I just feel like I, I need to be a cat. I need to, I was meant to move like that. I'm not kidding. I was meant to be in that form and move like that. Like just like the stealthily like crossing it, just like little, little sniff, the, sniff the to the plants. Like just plopping yes, on the ground yes, delicately. And like little hello to your other cat friends, like little like jump up on the roof, like plod, 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 <laughs> plod jump, plod, 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 sniff. <laughs> Just search like yes. GoPro cat video. I bet yes. you'll find it. Like from the eyes of a cat. Like I think that's what the yeah. videos are often called. Yeah. I'll try to link one below if I can find – because I always find them like randomly on Instagram Explore. So yeah. if I can find like a YouTube channel with them, that's I'll put excellent. it in the description. He takes her home in the carriage. He takes her home in his carriage and he shut – like the footman opens the door. But Helen hasn't finished talking. So Reese is like, no, no. My lady is going to finish speaking. She's going to finish a sentence. Nobody is going to interrupt her. So he closes the door again. And then he's like, okay, like you need to go because otherwise I'm going to fuck you in this carriage. And Helen is like, it can be done in a carriage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, don't let me, don't make me explain it to you. Okay. So Helen goes home and talks to her twin sisters, not her twins, their twins, Cassandra and Pandora, (laughs) who are like very high spirited and 19 and whatever. The servants are big, like Reese and Helen stands. Like they're like absolutely. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because 100%. and this is, I, I did like this running theme of like older women just like immediately drop of a hat simping for Reese. <laughs> like the housekeeper, <laughs> totally on board. Later on, this like, this like yeah, we have like yeah. multiple like aristocratic women just being like, oh my god, he's so fucking hot. Or just like older and like middle aged. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the housekeeper's like immediately ready. She like had helped Helen like snuck out and like made like the housekeeper promised not to tell like her. Uh, cousin and you, know, you promise not to tell Hitler promised not to invade <laughs> Czechoslovakia, Germany. Welcome to the real world. Jeremy, <laughs> welcome to the real world. Okay, so nothing more on the Helen front. We cut to Reese having uh, lunch with his friend Tom no, Severin. You, no, who- no, no, you forgot. Okay, there's just a little scene. <laughs> What? He wakes up the next morning with her stocking, the one stocking oh he didn't God. burn, on his pillow. <laughs> That must be nasty. Imagine he misses like her. Oh. no, he but misses her. And he has a foot fetish. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Because it's it's described as like he woke up and the first thing he saw was a a wisp of a dark shadow. And I was like, oh, he's like imagining that she's there. But no, it's the stocking. He's sleeping with his first stocking on his pillow because he's such a simp. <laughs> I love it so much. There's just like no way you're gonna tell me that like stock someone's stockings in this time period would ever smell good for any period it's of time. The, it's the only thing he has. I know, of he has a foot. I know he has a foot. I know, but yeah, I know, I know. It's the only like, thing he has of her. Obje- I know. I'm so saying objectively much. though. Objectively, he loves right. her so much. Listen, here's my thing. Here's my. Here's what I don't think you. Here's what the disconnect that we're having. I think that you and I don't know why you're doing this just for this book because you, you're you don't do it for other books. We both understand that there are things that like romance heroes and heroines do that we're like this is fucking great and so romantic, but like we would no, never no, want it to happen in real life. No, 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 this isn't an actual criticism. I'm saying it must objectively smell bad, but he still likes it because it's hers. 
No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying in general, like there's a lot of stuff that Reese does that if my real life boyfriend did that, I'd be like, uh, no. If Pa ever did a lot of the things that Reese does <laughs> to me, I would not tolerate it. But when Reese does that, I'm just like, oh, you're such a soft boy. <laughs> Am I winning you over? No. Are you coming over to but Team I'm, Winterborn? I'm going to try to be more conscious. No, but I'm going to try to. <laughs> All right. So Reese puts us off to have some fried fish with his best bud, Tom Severin. And I've thought about this. I can't figure out why this character is like necessary. Like what exactly does it like show? He's Cassandra's hero. Oh, he is. Okay. I was going to say, is yes. he going to get his like anti-sexism yes. redemption arc? All right. Thank God. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because I tried to look it up and I didn't see him. No. Maybe I just he's, like misread. He's, the, he's, okay, he's okay. chasing Cassandra. That's okay, good, part. good, good. I'm glad it's setting that up. And I mean, I recognize that all the voice sexism like has a purpose. I just don't like hearing it. <laughs> like, I, I yeah. get it, but like it's just – I don't know. Yeah. It's just like one of my personal like, I don't know, dislikes. But I'm saying it's like not something that I think needs to like not be in books. I'm just saying it's something that isn't my favorite personally. It isn't to your taste. Yes. But you know what is to my taste? The idea of fried fish. Except they, they they talk about how all these like food stands they go to. They're like, since one could never be sure how the food had been adulterated. And this just made me remember <laughs> when people say shit like, oh, we shouldn't have an FDA or like the FDA is unnecessary. Because do people not realize that like there was a time before the FDA when it was just like you could put anything you wanted. You could sell like literal poison as cough medicine to children and it, they did and people died. Like it's not like the government one day was just like, oh, let's let's have some regulation. Like we're, we're bored today. Like no, it's it's for it's because like – Yeah. I don't know. It's because of it's the – what like, is it? There was like early 1900s. It was like the, it was like the meat packing, the meat packing industry. That was part of it. Sure. That was like the the foundation of the FDA. That's why they that's why the FDA like uh, the the foundations of the FDA got created because there was like this whole meat packing scandal, which they were putting I mean, God I knows what a, in sausages. And I like have a whole whatever that show. guy Sinclair something Sinclair Upton Sinclair is that him? Was he the oh, one yeah, that yeah. wrote like the article? That was for he wrote like a that was for labor. He wrote a, no, but he also wrote a he wrote a book that was with labor and also the horrible like disgusting um, shit going around in the meat packing industry, and then. Teddy Roosevelt was like, ah, shit, Maybe. we got to do something about this. I'm thinking specifically of the drug that, like, killed a bunch of people. Um, cocaine. But I can't find it right now. <laughs> cocaine. Oh, no, that was in everything. That was <laughs> morphine. No, no, no. no. It, it had, like, a fun – it had, like, a fun name. But, like, inside it was, like, poison. I can't find it right now. It was, like, Dr. Doolittle's, like, happy-go-lucky powder. Like, Yeah. It's, like, you're not – if you get food poisoning, you're not going to know exactly what food that's from 99% of the time. So you need so you can't just be like oh well people will just like not eat the poison food like and we'll eventually figure it out those but no yeah anyway if you were on the fence about this like about the FDA hop right over <laughs> like this yes. is a pro FDA podcast <laughs> yes we are not sponsored or in any way endorsed by the FDA that's what I think is so funny like the library thing like all these people like I was wearing a mask in that video because I just happened to film it in a video in a like building that requires masks. And all these people are like, oh, I don't want to support libraries if they're going to be requiring masks. And I'm like, I'm not affiliated with the library. You're but also like, like – not a library. <laughs> no. Or like – or the tax video. People are like, oh, this is probably sponsored. The government just like wants us all to like mess up so that we pay more taxes. <laughs> I'm like, I am not. You're like, I am a you think college the student. <laughs> <laughs> you think the IRS is like sponsoring TikToks to like brainwash you? Like what? <laughs> I, I almost commented I, I refrained, but I almost commented on one of those and was like, you know, this is a conspiracy theory I haven't heard before, but like I kind of love it. Like it's just kind of so like <laughs> the IRS is sponsoring TikTok. 
they, they may have an official account. I but mean, listen, here's my thing. If the IRS or the U.S. library system or the FDA would like to sponsor us, we are willing oh, for sure. to make propaganda. For sure. Not like uh, not like univer- like across the board we'll do anything, but like we're very flexible <laughs> propaganda <laughs> that we make in our TikToks. Pro having an FDA Pro, pro libraries. The IRS making its own tax preparation service. <laughs> or yeah. or better yet, the IRS just telling you how much you owe, like they oh, do in yeah. Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The IRS sure. just sending That'd you a letter and is like, this is how much you owe. If you would like to contest it, let us know. Otherwise, send us a check. Why yeah. don't why can't we have that? We Other countries could. do that. Successfully. We 100% could. Yeah. They know how much you owe. It's not like they don't know. <laughs> they know how much everybody owes. There's no reason why they can't tell us. <laughs> why can't you just tell me? Hey, hey. TurboTax into it i know okay (laughs) lobbies all right back to the fish tom is trying to like sell reese on buying these like uh this like block of cheap land and building like middle class housing and reese is like affordable housing yeah sorry sorry yeah middle class middle class affordable housing yeah but reese is like well i employ about a thousand people and although they were well paid they still had difficulty finding good quality housing in town and i'm like i i you know there's a possibility here. There's, London is 100% slums right now. But I think if they can't find good housing, by definition, they aren't well paid. Like, right? <laughs> Reese, yeah. you with me here? He's like, I spy my opportunity to make a company town and build some company town houses for my he employees. Listened, he provides them with a company. He provides them with free medical care. That's something we find out later. Like, he has a doctor on hand for, like, free medical care. Mm-hmm. I would rather just have more wages. I feel like to go sure, get my own but doctor. I think I think there is to 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 address your is most of London just slums at this point. I would argue that yes, it's like Mayfair, and then like one street for like middle class people, and then like poor people. Mm. <laughs> That's Victorian <laughs> London. Like the the wealth disparity was insane. Yeah. Um. So they go off to like find the building and. Like, it's being demolished that day, and they're, like, evicting all the people, and it's just, like, the scene of, like, mass, like, tragedy of, like, these people, like, literally being evicted. (laughs) And and Reese notices, like, this one little boy sitting with his, like, frying pan and chair, like, probably waiting for his parents. (laughs) And then suddenly the building starts collapsing on top of him, so Reese, like, plays the hero and and covers him with his body, which, like, great, good for Reese. Um, but he gets his shoulder gets dislocated. And then when he wakes up, Tom is like, Why the fuck would you save that kid? He was trying to pick your pockets before I got here. <laughs> Which is hilarious. And I was really hoping that the kid would come back as like a little sidekick nah, and like be Reese's. Urchin. Again, I guess maybe I just have such high expectations for her like cast of characters for like every character that's introduced to be like She's relevant and have developed. Some NPCs yeah, right I know, on. I know. But Reese is in luck because there's a doctor on the scene. Dr. Garrett Gibson. Lady doctor. She's a lady. The name Garrett may have tricked you, but it's it true. is not in fact it's a true. boy doctor. How is She's it spelled? I was wondering if it was like- G-A-R-R-E-T-T or something. Okay, so just like the typical way. Um, there would, could have been a nice little enemies to lovers set up with Severin and Garrett. I know. No. I wrote that note. I was like, yeah. I kind of wish that like- Tom and Garrett Gibson got together. Right. Because he – Tom Severin is immediately like, you mean nurse? She's like, I'm Dr. Garrett Gibson. And he's like, you mean nurse? And she just like ignores him and is like – spouts out a bunch of like medical terminology about what's wrong with his shoulder. And he's like, you're not a real doctor. We need a real doctor. And she's like, again, spouts medical. She's like, I have a medical degree. Like, fuck off. And so finally he's forced to like take off his necktie to aid in like setting Reese's <laughs> shoulder. Um, and then so they help him 
get to her practice, which is like close by. It's at her dad's house. And they like set the shoulder. Reese needs two whiskeys to like yeah. make him because he's <laughs> yeah. Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a bear. He's a bear of a man. How to survive a bear attack in this case? You don't. You let Reese <laughs> you let Reese have you. <laughs> so where's wait, we gotta come up with a rhyme with that. If it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lie down. If it's white, good night. If it's Reese, hug in peace, kiss in peace. Make your peace. (laughs) Fuck in peace. Um, peace. (laughs) For the record, not all black bears are black and not all grizzlies are brown. But all polar bears, to my knowledge, are white. So not that that will help you much, but (laughs) oh, unless it's a pizzly bear (laughs) or a growler bear. bear? Especially now that polar bears are like moving more southern. And like you know, global warming. Yeah. Um, they are, they can interbreed with grizzlies, <gasps> and that's what you get. Oh my god, that's like a, a growler like, or a pissly bear. <laughs> I like growler much better. Piss is a piss bear. What? Why would you do piss, that? It's I know, but it sounds like piss. A pissly bear. Yeah, that's funny. what it sounds like. It's funny. A piss bear. <laughs> I just feel like it, it. It would naturally like if you were like don't like be wary of the piss bears. I wouldn't take it seriously, and I feel like there's like <laughs> the the most dangerous bear has got to be like polar bear <laughs> grizzly. <laughs> But unless you're in like the upper right corner of the U.S., it's it's a black bear, so you should fight. Oh, sorry, left corner, not right corner. It's not. They're not in Maine. They're in Washington mm-hmm. and Alaska. Somehow, I forget how, but Garrett Gibson is like, my practice is going to be ending by the end of this month because I don't have enough like clients or patients. And Reese is like, he doesn't immediately try to like save her, but he's like, he asks her for like all her credentials, and then he's like, well, actually, I what I was meaning to hire like a second doctor. Go talk to like my head doctor. And if he wants to hire you, you have a job. Because Reese doesn't care about gender. He just cares about competence. It's true. One more thing. Reese goes back to his store and he gets his lawyer to come and basically just redoes his will so that Helen gets everything. Because, (laughs) I mean, it's true. Like, he's like, I left her in this incredibly vulnerable position. Like, yeah. Anthony Bridgerton would be like, see, most people don't confront their own mortality. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Reese is basically just like. Um, I love Helen and I could have died today and I want her to be super rich even if I do die. So he calls the solicitor and the solicitor, like Reese is basically just like Helen and I fucked. So I want to like include her in my will. And the solicitor is like, so when you get married, she gets it. And Reese is like, no, she gets it anyway. And then he's mm-hmm. like, if she has your child, she gets it. And Reese is like, no, she gets mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> and then Reese is like, listen, if she has a kid, the kid gets everything. If she has... If she doesn't have a kid, she gets everything. <laughs> like, yeah. either way, Helen's getting everything. And, like, if they're, like, if there's a kid, she still gets five million pounds, which is insane. It is insane. In yeah. the Victorian era? Like, yeah. Helen's, like, Jeffrey Bezos rich at that point. Like, <laughs> five million pounds in, like, 1870? Yeah. What? Good for her. Reese. I just want her to, like, kill Reese and, like pop off no <laughs> anyway um, listen well that's no, what i was thinking at this no. point i was like it's really nice of reese to give helen the store but like helen would definitely not be able to like helen's no. competent but like she's definitely she ain't a business one she, like she doesn't she would not be running the store well wow. someone would else someone else would probably run it like, the same as he was saying that his mom was like so he's just gonna totally like screw over his mom too because he's like talking about all these other people who are currently in his will including like his mom and a bunch of other like relatives and like what they're just not gonna get anything like he's like yeah my no, mom i think the implication is like it was mostly like he was like I was planning to leave the store to my board of governors. Oh yeah, well, his, but his mom was going to get money from him, but not be able to like run it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing is I think I think the people who were like the family members and the friends who were going to get stuff and like the loyal employees, like they still get stuff, but everything else goes mm. to hell. Yeah. 
Anyway, back at the ranch, Helen is just sitting there like, like I don't, I don't know what, biting her nails and like because Reese has promised to come and talk to her cousin Devin, who has now returned with Kathleen from their basically elopement. Like they're married now. This is where I made my note about your Mary video because mm. Helen realizes that the reason they eloped was because Kathleen's pregnant and and mm. Helen's like a little embarrassed knowing that they had sex. Yeah. So it was like literally explicitly the Mary video. Well, here's the – yeah, it is. <laughs> well, except I, in the Mary video, I, I, I don't – I never really feel that way about other people. Like I never – I don't like see someone who's pregnant and think like, oh, it's a little embarrassing. Like I know you had sex. I exclusively feel that way when I think about myself. So like that was definitely some confusion in the comments. Like I'm not sitting here – like I would admit to it if part of my brain was thinking that about other people. But like for some reason it's yeah. like – it's it's solely egotistical. <laughs> yeah. That's always how it is. You're yeah. like, I wouldn't care if another person did that. But like right. God, if I do it, I assume that like people are going to burn me at the stake. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, which probably just proves that like no one else is thinking that about me. So really – I mean it's it, it's it, it's been illogical from the get-go. But like it's extra illogical exactly what Helen says. It's like you can't – you don't just unlearn that now that it's like allowed. So Reese arrives. Yes. He goes to talk with Devin. Devin's like, you've threatened my fucking wife. I We're not friends, but I'll go talk to you. Meanwhile, Kathleen and Helen are like talking upstairs and Helen like spills the whole – spills the beans. And Kathleen's like, wait, you Reese cannot tell Devin that you guys like fuck. Like that's <laughs> not – and and she's like, we have to go stop him. And Helen's like, how do you know he didn't already tell him? And Kathleen is like, we would have heard things breaking. And then like two seconds later, we hear like a bellow, like breaking shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they're like, oh, fuck, and they go. Okay, so Helen and, and Kathleen come in just in time to see uh, Devin like push Reese. And no, remember- like lay him out. He like punched yeah. yeah, like push him into a wall. Um, Reese <laughs> has a dislocated shoulder, so like – this hits him a lot more than Artie would. And Helen like immediately like runs to him and like he pushed his head against the caress like an affectionate wolf. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Helen makes Reese get medical care. Reese is like, fine. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And Helen's like, absolutely not. We're taking a look at your shoulder. And like women making big, strong men get medical care is like my kink. Like I really like Dr. Gary Gibson. <laughs> yeah. So basically Devin's pissed, but it's all agreed. Like Helen has to marry Reese. Someone calls Helen ruined. Helen's like, you've been ruined. Like, oh, yeah, they like, say it all the ruined. time. They, they all say it. And then, yeah. and then, yeah, but then Reese is like, but like Reese specifically is like, you're not ruined. You're perfect. Oh. I'm like, you're perfect, Reese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like ruined is one of those words that like I've heard so much that it, I like don't associate it with its literal meaning. But if you think about it too much, it's like, oh, it's not very nice. <laughs> no, yeah. No, I definitely – it's definitely, like, lost its impact. Like, yeah. Because I just – Well, it never had the impact horrible. to begin with. Like, I never, like, thought that initially. I only, like, realized it after. But the initial – yeah, whatever. So basically, Garrett Gibson is getting hired despite the fact that the doctor doesn't want to because, quote, I fought enough battles in my lifetime. I have no desire to take part in women's struggles against injustice. Just more of the – yeah, whatever. Um, I'm just, like, eat shit. And this is the point at which – Helen, Helen is just like pining for Reese, and I really wanted her to figure. I wanted them both to just like figure out how to masturbate at this point, because I was like, just get over it. Like, come on. So it would have been great for Helen. That would have been so empowering. Like, I would have. That would have been a great step for Helen. I feel like. I feel like we don't get masturbation scenes nearly as often as we should. No. Well, this would have been such a tonic to like her, like just her entire experience being like, yeah, yeah, only with Reese. You know what I also love. 
So like there's like the solo masturbation scene when you have like one of the people like thinking mm-hmm. about the other person and like masturbating and it's like super hot. But then you have like the mutual masturbation mm-hmm. scenes where they're just like watching each other while they both masturbate. And I feel like that's like a like you never you almost never see that. But yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I see what happened here and I like it. <laughs> so Devin has decided that it's time for them all the family being Helen, her sisters, and his wife to go back to their country estate. Because they have to – they just, like, found basically, like, super rare minerals in the earth and they yeah. have to, like yeah, – yeah. like, that's the family fortune. They're like, we need to go back and, like, handle all of that. Yeah. Reese comes to say goodbye to Helen at the uh, train. Oh, she has, like, art – yeah, she has, like, written him a few letters and, like, in the last one she was like, are you sure you actually, like – she just keeps being like, oh, are you sure you actually like me? Like, do you like – like, the classic, like, and he comes to be like, yeah, I fucking do. It's like, oh, <laughs> I wrote down this quote. <laughs> Okay. So he comes to say goodbye and he like she's like cold on the train platform and he wraps her in his coat and she snuggles into him like a small woodland creature nestling in its burrow. <laughs> yeah, I just she's always a small like baby creature. I don't know. She's like, small and he's she's large. An, she's an adult just, woman. It's a small large trope. I love it. And so yeah, so he comes to say goodbye because he's not coming to them. And then he gives her a letter and he's like, read it when you're on the train. And then she reads the letter while on the train. And it the whole letter is fucking gold. But I won't read the whole letter. But I will read this part where he's like, you've stolen my very breath, Cariad. And now I'm left to count the days until I steal it back from you, kiss by kiss. Oh, boy. <laughs> Reese Winterborn <laughs> at it again. Okay. So Helen has nothing to do but like putts around the like mansion and one of her projects – so the orchids that she has, they were belonged to her mother who was like not a very good mother at all. She's very absent but like Helen still is like such a like – I don't even know like people pleaser. Like she, she takes care of the orchids. Yeah. She's, no, it's specifically stated – this is something that's stated later on where Helen's like I was made to feel that like love – basically that like love was very conditional and Helen was like, because she does it when she when she meets her half sister Charity later on. She's like, Charity is like very good at like being calm and distressing situations, and like I was always praised for that as a kid too. And I'm not sure that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, Helen like recognizes she's oh, for like, sure for sure the way I was raised is like was not healthy. So, <laughs> yeah. So another one of her projects is like organizing her mom's old journals. And she's read a lot of uh, shit things that her mom wrote in there and about her dad and like her mom. She's like, little Helen has been a great help with the twins. I own I like her more than I once did, although she'll always be a pale (laughs) rabbit-faced creature. And then she talks about how like after the twins were born, like her husband was just like, thank you for producing two more parasites. I'm like, how would younger sons not also be parasites? Like, yeah, I get you want like a backup, but like they're just as much if not more because like you can't even – The Ravenel parents were just absolute shit. That's yeah, basically were, what you need to know. <laughs> yeah. And we find out that like when Helen's dad was dying, his son wasn't there. Like no one else basically cared about him except for Helen. She like was sitting by his deathbed and he was like, I don't want you. I want one of my children. And she's like – thinks he doesn't recognize her. She's like, I am your child. I'm your daughter. And he's like, you're not my daughter. Like your mom. You're a bastard. Like basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah basically. Um, and the butler who like overhears it tries to tell her like no no, it's no not his true. valet his like yeah, loyal yeah, valet who now yeah. works for Reese yeah um who's who's he's a, he's a homie he's he's like don't believe him but Helen's like I know it's fucking true like and she's like that that explains why my parents like hated me why my brother for the most part was distant why I don't look like any of them 
And I just think it's so like, and Helen does, she like, she writes to her brother, her brother can't come home in time. And then she like gets Pandora and Cassandra to come in to like sit with the mm-hmm. dad. But they're both like, they're like little kids. And they're like, they're like no, they're like, I he don't didn't like, care about us. Why would we care about Yeah, him? they're like, we don't like him. And also we're like 12. So like, we're not going to sit in this sad I think room it's watching this man like die. Yeah, yeah, but it's, I don't know. It's also like, I think just because they're young, like they're just like, mm. they don't have the patience for it. They don't have the patience to like pretend to be sad about a guy that they don't give a shit about. And so it's still like at the end of the day, it's just like Helen. But Helen has known known all this for a while. But this time she finds another like half-written letter from her mom. And it's to this guy called Albion. And it says like, come back to me and I swear I will send the baby away. Like if you don't come back to me, Helen will never be loved by her own mother. And then she's like, come back and I'll send the baby away. And I'm like, all right, so it seems like Helen is like shit out of luck no matter what. And she's basically like begging him to come back, but she obviously never sent the letter. So Helen, she didn't want to find this out, but she now knows that her dad's first name is Albion. And then she burns the letter like a fucking badass. <laughs> I didn't notice the first time. This I didn't, time I was I like, didn't oh, notice it the second time. She just like takes it, she throws it into the fire, and then she just watches it. And the the line is something like she watched until all the words were burned away <laughs> or like were turned to ash. And nice. I was like, what like a random metal moment. Like for nice. like like I just I can just imagine like the camera <laughs> slowly panning into her face, like as the flames are like flickering on her face <laughs> and she's like staring into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So then she goes downstairs and Reese has sent – Reese is like totally sucking up to the family. I, I, I love it. Like he's yeah. just like endearing himself to them through food. He sends them like all these like fun <laughs> little like I, – I love the description was great here. It was like bottles of jewel-colored liqueur meant to be sipped from tiny glasses and these like almonds that Kathleen is like craving. Like she's pregnant. She's like cravings and she just like eats the – she just destroys the entire thing and then Reese <laughs> ends up sending like his entire stock of them to her just like, specifically yeah. to suck up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so Kathleen finds out that her shitty dad has died. And so she and Devin have to go to Ireland to like bury him. And so they're like, Reese, can you come here to like be with the family during this hard time? And Reese is like, finally. <laughs> like, oh man. Like, Reese is like, thank God that they invited me because otherwise I would have had to like just storm the fucking castle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> so he rocks up and we find out from Devin telling Reese that, that uh, Helen has been spending her free time like trying to learn Welsh. And learning about Welsh, <laughs> like Reese is like, has she mentioned me at all? And Devin is like, dude, she never stops talking about We thought about she you. had like a disease because she was hacking and spitting so much, but it turns out she was just like practicing her pronunciation. <laughs> and he's like, she won't stop giving us fun facts about Welsh history. Like it's so fucking annoying. Arthur was Welsh. <laughs> Yeah, and I just like, yeah, and, like he learned about orchids and she learned about Welch. Like they care about each other's interests and like they're just so obsessed with each other. And then Devin is like, she's in the greenhouse because you bought brought Kathleen a shit ton of almonds. I will allow you. I will pretend that I do not know where you two are for the next half hour. <laughs> so like Reese runs to the greenhouse and then they just have like a cute little like they're just like both like two like teenagers like running towards each other like tripping and stumbling into an embrace and it's just very cute yeah Reese is also compared to a wolf again at this point I won't bring it up every time like the cat quotes but just know that Reese is a wolf yeah I wrote down all the wolf yeah and this is where we first we get the first hint of like um anti-Welsh sentiment like Reese is like talking about how his mom would tell him avoid speaking in Welsh as you would sin and so, yeah, like that's going to be important. Welsh hate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm going to say this quote. He's like, oh, Helen, we've been apart. Now you have me like a dog on a leash begging for more. She's like, I see no dog on a leash, only a very large wolf. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it. Yeah. So then we find out that Reese is in a fight with Tom Severin because so this was established earlier. Like Reese was like, I want to know who owns that building before like I buy the land. He sends his private investigators out and he finds out that the owner of the land is a Mr. Vance, who is his mortal enemy and also just a general dick. Like nobody seems mm-hmm. to like every everyone has a bad story about Mr. Vance. And then he's like, I will give up. Like, they're like, isn't that kind of harsh to like end your friendship with Tom just because of this one thing? And Reese says, I'll give up anyone or anything with any connection to Albie and Vance. And Helen is like, shit. <laughs> She's like, that is 100% my dad. She's been like knitting this whole, or like not knitting, like sewing. So she intentionally cuts her finger on like her scissors and she's like, oh no, I have to go get a band aid and like runs down to the servants. But Reese is so adorably concerned when she cuts herself. He's like, I'll take you. He's like, he's like about to like carry her like down. Yeah. He's like, so she doesn't like injure herself further. Yeah. And she goes down to talk to that valet who, remember, like knows about her parentage Quincy. and now works for Reese, Quincy. And Quincy's great. Um, he apparently was like a, you know, paternal figure to her. Yeah. He, she, I think it's interesting. She gets the truth about her father from her like only actual father figure Quincy is for at first is like she's like sit down with me and he's like no no wouldn't be proper but then as soon as she says like I need to know who he is he's like okay I gotta sit down for this one Um, (laughs) and we find out like yes it was Albie and Vance and Vance is like super racist against Welsh people. Like he basically oh, thinks like all thing. Welsh people should like like they're like if there were a Welsh genocide, like Albie and Vance would be. He's leading been the, the one campaigning to like outlaw well the Welsh language. He's like they're not even fit to be servants. Like yeah, real full on. So yeah, so basically Helen now knows, and she's like, well, I have to tell Reese. Like he hates this guy, and Quincy is like, don't fucking do that. Like you know how much like you you know like when he. You know, his his good opinion once lost is lost forever. Like people are constantly telling Helen this. Yeah. Helen's like, I have to tell Reese the truth. I like that. Cause otherwise I would be like, this is fucking stupid, tell him. But like she's constantly getting guidance from like, you know, older and wiser people to not tell him. Yeah. So like she people has, like, she respects, reason. especially. Right, like, exactly. Adults yeah. that are like parental figures in her life are telling right. her, like, don't tell him. So she's right. like, I don't know what to do. And also she has a whole like, she's like, I am in love with she realizes very early on, we very early on. I think it's like in the next scene, Helen's like, oh, I'm in love with him. So she's also like, I don't want to lose – like, I'm in love with this guy and I know like the moment I tell him about this, he is like not going to want to be with any me anymore. So like I I don't mm-hmm. – if that's hard. <laughs> like yeah. I don't want to like lose him. That that would, so That's going to be very painful. Yeah. So that night they had their, their little like rendezvous and we get the full backstory from Reese about why – exa- besides the whole like uh, Welsh like racism, he also has a personal reason to hate him. So – one of Reese's like – so this starts because Helen's like, oh, have you ever like wanted to marry anyone before? And he's like, yeah, there was this girl, Peggy. Like I, I had a huge crush on her, but I never made any moves because my best friend, Ian – Ian? Jan? I don't know. Jan. Yon. 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 Yeah, yeah. Also was like into her and they ended up getting married. But like he also like worked with me and after he got married, he didn't like stop working. He was like super rich, but he didn't stop working at all. He just like was never home and his wife like cheated on him. And ended up getting pregnant and she like told him and like they ended up reconciling and he was like, I'll raise the child as my own. Like, I'm sorry for – Who was the biological father, Well, Rachel? that's – well, I was going to – I was the big – I, oh, I have sorry, a story sorry. telling nothing I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so she she has the baby but the – basically she – the labor ends up going really long and they give her like uh, whatever, like laudanum or something. She dies Some, in childbirth. She, she has an allergy. She dies in childbirth. His friend like goes insane. For the next three days, he's like talking to people who aren't there, like just total mad with grief. He ends up dying by suicide. So 
Reese has now lost both his like first love and his best friend. And who's the man who's behind all of this? Albie and Vance. Um, and are Jan and Jan, are Jan and Peggy there? Are they Welsh? Or are they friends that Reese met? In I London? think they're Welsh. I, I think that Jan was especially and ironic. Owen, Owen, yeah. Oh, I've totally fucking for it's. I'm pretty it, sure it's spelled Ewan, so I'm just Yon. gonna say Ewan. Right, but it's like Yon with like a very slight e in the beginning, like Yon, Yon or something, Yon. whatever. Yeah, I think they were. He and Reese were like childhood friends, and then like Peggy was also like. Yeah. Eon is definitely – I'm not sure whether Peggy's Welsh, but Eon definitely was. Yeah. So Helen is like, well, what happened to the baby? And Reese is like, oh, well, Peggy's family didn't want her in light of the circumstances. And I'm like, what circumstances? It's your biological grandchild. And also they were planning to raise it as their own. Like, come on. They were like – they sent her back to her natural father. And she's like, do you know what happened to her? And Reese is basically like, don't know, don't care. Any child of his is devil spawn. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> he's really digging. Poor Reese, like, unbeknownst to himself, like, is just digging himself into a hole. And Helen is like, one of the reasons she's so scared to tell Reese is because she has this whole complex, like we said, from like growing up. She believes she has to like be perfect. She like thinks that like love is conditional and she has to like earn people's love. And so, like, she thinks that like as soon as she doesn't live up to this like perfect ideal of Reese, because also another thing is she's supposed to like socially elevate him because she's mm-hmm. like a member of the aristocracy and he'll like, yeah. he's working, he's like technically working class and she's like if I can't do that for him anymore like he's not gonna love me and so it's like it's part of her like learning oh like Reese's love is not conditional like actual love is like not it doesn't doesn't depend on like being perfect and the reason like while Reese is telling her all this he's like Helen's like oh tell me about your past or whatever and he's like I what the fuck like she she makes me feel like I can open up and be emotionally vulnerable and like I want to like tell her the truth about they and like be honest and open with her. Like what is happening here? I don't understand. <laughs> He's like, what is this feeling of like wanting to have healthily processed emotions? Like don't get it. <laughs> I feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she also at this point, because they've had multiple rounds of sex at this point. She also like gives him a hand job. She drapes her naked body across him like a cat <laughs> during nice. this. Just nice. so you know. Nice. <laughs> Um, they also fuck in different positions. I just want to say, like, I appreciate Lisa Kleibus in general because I feel like she's, like, very good at, like, I feel like she's very good about, about like, giving us different positions. Like, no missionary mm-hmm. all the time for Lisa. Like, she's, mm-hmm. like, doing it on the side. She's doing it, like, reverse cowgirl. She's doing it cowgirl. She's doing it missionary. Like, she's doing it in carriage. She's doing it everywhere. In a greenhouse, which I feel like is just its own category. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sometimes yeah. I really have to, like, when I'm reading a Lisa Kleibus sex scene, I really, sometimes I just have to, like, put the book down and, like, Get the mentally <laughs> figure out like what they're I was like oh yeah I know this is this sounds possible but like I just have to picture I just have to take a moment to like visually picture what's going on because like she's just like and like her thigh was like up here and like be honest, was, like, I see like, that a lot not just with her books like I can't I like this is a frequent occurrence where I have like one image in my mind and then something like is said that completely contradicts it mm-hmm. and I have to like completely go back and like like reimagine okay so it's time to meet Lady Barrick who is basically uh, Kathleen's like surrogate mother who basically raised her and she is basically I would describe her as like a sympathetic mix of Mrs. Bennett and Lady Catherine from Pride and Prejudice like that's how she's like very much like pragmatic you need to get married like my opinion is law 
but also just like likable. Yeah. And she yeah, she comes in, she low-key roasts them all. She's come to like be a chaperone. She comes in, she low-key like roasts every single one of them. And then she like asks Reese, she meets Reese, obviously immediately, immediately is like Holy gone shit, for this man is so toasty. And she's like, she asks Reese if he thinks Helen is marrying below herself. And Reese is like, Well, first of all, all men marry below themselves. <laughs> and then he's like second of all Helen is so much better than anyone else that like it might as well be me. like she's never gonna meet someone as good as her so like why not me and I'm like ah, I love you so a, a very minor character that we haven't talked about is Devin's brother West who's just like bopping around here he's just like a jolly rake who's like friends with them all like kind of like a brother he like handle he runs the estate but he went to the train station to get Lady Barrick and it's implied that like they kind of like do not get along they have a tip and this is like an ongoing thing throughout the rest of the book and I'm gonna be honest like enemies to lovers between Lady Barrick and Wes. I'm here for that. I know it's not going to happen, but like, come on. There's a lot of enemies to lovers that I wish happened that are set up in this book that don't actually happen. Or like Mrs. The reason that Lady Barrick is like so gone for Reese is because she starts like reminiscing about this other Welshman that she had a crush on back in the day. The one who got away. Oh, it was a footman. The one who got away. And I just want him to come back on this. Is her husband still alive at this point? He must be. Yeah, Yeah, he must be. But she she says specifically like Reese leaves and Lady Barrick is like, I remember this really hot Welsh footman that I had a crush on as a kid. And then she says, there is no greater enemy of virtue than a charming Welshman. Oh my god. Give me that love story. And here's the, here's the thing is that so Lady Barrick is connected to Albion Vance. He is her husband's nephew and it's like it's again like and a like pride and prejudice situation the, right where he's yeah. the one who's going to inherit so they have to be nice to him because he can like turn her out of the house at any time. What I want is like that comes around but she's fine because she's got her Welshman right? Like yeah. her husband dies she gets the Welshman. And Albion Vance can go fuck off. Yeah, and they're talking about how Reese has a department store. Lady Barrick is like, oh, I would never go to a department store. Like, not having things that are made exclusively for you. And I'm like, you know, I get that department stores were revolutionary and that they, like, made clothing more accessible to, like, the masses. And, like, 1870s department stores were a lot different than, like, fast fashion department stores now but i'm like i do like miss the days when you like had something that like fit you yeah helen helen is like it would be so weird to have your clothes made by someone you don't know like yeah (laughs) yeah and i'm like i like i get i understand that it's not practical because then you can only have like three things like three clothes like yeah outfits realistically but i'm also like oh to have clothes that like fit me like that were like made for mm-hmm. me. So Helen just just before they they're gonna go back to London. Yeah. Right. And Lady Barrick is gonna like live in their house and like chaperone them. But before they leave, West pulls Helen aside and is like, girl, you know he would have married you anyway. Like you didn't have to sleep with him. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, Reese, like, he scammed you a little bit. And Helen's like, nah. And Russ is like, he did. Like it worked out. It's going to work out in the end, but, like, you didn't have to sleep with him. <laughs> yeah. Also, something I appreciate is Pandora and Cassandra have, like, a conversation that basically reveals that they, like, also know nothing about sex. And Helen is like, ooh, yeah, I'm going to have to fill them in. I appreciate that, like, girl. Because I – from the very – I remember the the first time she sees them after sleeping with Reese, I'm like, why don't you tell them right fucking now, girl? Like, stop – like, stop that. Because they're just, like – there's also – we skipped over the scene where they all play a board game and, like, there's a whole discussion about, like, censoring the books that Pandora and Cassandra can read. I'm just like, come on. Get out of here. A little more silence and a little less voicing on the, like, overt sexism. 
they're like we keep it on like the sixth shelf because yeah. Kathleen is short and she can't like see that high like, come on yeah <laughs> yeah no and that the board game thing also sets up like Pandora's whole thing and she wants to like invent a board game and sell it and like be a little business lady so like yeah. basically she wants to invent like Monopoly which mm-hmm. was created by a woman by the way and yeah. then stolen by a man yeah. so surprise surprise but Lady Berg <laughs> is out here being like there's no happiness for anyone who does not dwell within the broad zone of average like, get out of here yeah, Lady Barricus is, like, this really interesting contradiction of both, like, absolutely wild, but, like, also, like, propriety central. Right. Um, okay, so back to London. And even though, like, Reese was literally, like, Helen, like, Lady Barrick seems chill, but, like, I don't like her connections to Albie and Vance. And I, I feel like, I don't know, I guess he didn't say it to Lady Barrick, but, like, I feel like it's implied. What happens the very next day? No, well, wait, you're skipping over the matrons. They're having, like, they're back in London and Lady Barrick has all her, like, friends, her, like, matron friends over for tea. And then, like, they're like, oh, so, Helen, you're engaged to Reese Winterborn. That's really <laughs> cool. And then Lady Barrick is like, Helen, why don't you and your sisters, like, go upstairs for now? And then they, like, eavesdrop at the door and there's just, like, a whole, like, page of the <laughs> ladies being like, oh, my God, he's so fucking hot. Oh, my God. Like, and they're like, Lady Barrick, tell us all about him. And they're just, like, little, like gossiping <laughs> in the corner. And I just... I love the continue. Like everybody immediately sees Reese, and they're like, "Oh, I just created that's a true." Bit I didn't even dance. connect that that it was like an entire group of them. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're all like, "Oh my god, tell us yeah. all about Reese!" <laughs> oh my god. Um. Okay. So next morning, Helen comes downstairs, and Lady Barrick is like, "You have a visitor." It's like kind of ominous, but Helen is just like thrown into the room. Who's sitting there? Mister Snake Man. Albion Vance. Something about the name Albion is just like so – It's very Slytherin-y. Yeah. Um, And he's basically there and – Basically, he's like, "Um, I want money and um, I'm blackmailing you into getting Reese to donate money to my charity that I embezzle from. Yeah. Or else I'll tell him that you're related to me. And Helen, to her credit, is like in her head. She's like, absolutely not. Yeah. Mrs. Barrick is like – like Mrs. Barrick is like, oh, I didn't think like I I knew that he was your dad, but I didn't think you knew until I saw your face. Probably gonna try to blackmail you. And Helen's like, well, I have to say no. And Lady Barrick is like, girl, I've been blackmailed by him since like the first day I married my husband. Like, yeah. sorry, you're just gonna have to like get in line. And la- but Lady Barrick, this is another situation in which Lady Barrick is really like straightforward about how shitty women right. have it. She's like, listen, like I'm literally gonna be homeless if my husband dies, like, before I do. Like, I will be homeless. Why can't she live with one of her daughters? She has two daughters. Yeah, well, that, that, in the back of my head, I was like, I don't know, Lady Barrick. You have, like, Kathleen and Devin, and you have, like, yeah. Helen. And, like, someone would definitely take you in. But, like, the reality before she met them, the reality of the situation is that she has nowhere to live, basically. And that's what I was saying. She's, she's like, a sympathetically painted mix of Mrs. Bennett and Lady Catherine, I feel like. Okay, so – but so during their like deal, which happens at the museum the next day, whatever. Yeah, they boring. go to a like museum and watch a bunch of stuffed like animals and it's like <laughs> oh and touch the know? taxidermy. Like, taxidermy. Giraffe. Yeah, they're all like Lady Barrick, like like Pandora's like, Oh, I want to tuck the touch the giraffe to see what it feels like. So she does, and then she runs away. And Lady Barrick like looks around and it's just like <laughs> like touches it and was like don't tell anyone (laughs) yeah so helen is like i remember the lesson that reese taught me that like you should always ask for a concession in a bargain and she's like all right i'll i'll like i mean she's lying but she's like i'll let you blackmail me if like who tell me where you sent your other illegitimate daughter that peggy's daughter where is she 
and she weasels weasels the name. He's like, oh, I sent her to this like woman to take care of her and I sent her money. But before that, like this whole interaction, Helen is just like stone cold and just like she just like laughs straight in his face and like his audacity. She's like, you don't fucking scare me. He's like, yeah, you owe me. I gave you the gift of life. And she's like, oh, you mean a well-timed spasm of the loins? But she got from Kathleen. (laughs) Yeah. No, from (laughs) Lady Lady Barrick. Barrick. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm like, oh, like Helen is just stone. Again, this is another just like. Just moment. It's like the fire when she burns the letter of this just yeah. like her just like really <laughs> metal moment of like, like, I swear to God, like she's going to like cut her palm and like make a blood oath next. Like, it's just like wilding. <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay. So she writes a letter to the lady who she thinks has her sister. Okay. In the meantime, she goes to the store. They have a Reese's private store. shopping trip at Winterborns. And she has and Reese is like, I've been doing consumer consumer research. And like I I knew I would I knew I would suck up to her if I mentioned the gloves because that's where all <laughs> the ladies of her age go as soon as they get to the store. <laughs> Helen has a migraine. Reese takes her to Dr. Garrett Gibson. That's how her and Helen meet. And Dr. Garrett Gibson gives her this magical migraine cure. It's like powder that makes her migraine go away in like five minutes. It's probably and I'm like, Allison. <laughs> like, I know, but I was like reading the scene. I was like, where can I get my head? I mean, it's definitely heroin because like Helen gets a little bit high afterward. Yeah. Like, she gets a little bit loopy. But I was like, oh, I want this. <laughs> Where? Why can't? How come my prescription medication does not have the same effect as this 1870s magical migraine cure? Heroin. Like, where can I get access to this? It's a powder, though, so it could also be cocaine. Like, you never know. Yeah. Okay, so then after that, he takes her to his connected house, to the greenhouse, which he built as a surprise for her. So she could bring all 200 of her orchids. Because at the beginning, when they when they first had sex, he was like, she was like, I don't bring much to our marriage other than 200 orchids. And he's yeah. like, you want to bring all of them? And she's like, well, I know it's probably not possible to bring them all to London. And he's like, I'll make it happen. And he, he <laughs> built her like a custom greenhouse on the top of his house in London and it's so cute and he's just walking around he's like nervous and like telling her about all the technology he's like yes and they're uh, they're pre-pressed glass frames and like hydronically tested <laughs> steel beam and then Helen just turns around and like kisses him and then they yeah. have like a hot fuck and he calls her heart of my heart and it's just so gentle and mm-hmm. beautiful and they tell each other they love her also this whole time Reese has been like you seem stressed. Are you sure there isn't anything you want to tell me? <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> and like, you're, you're like, okay, so Reese knows like that something's going on with Vance. <laughs> Something I appreciate is that he gives her a handkerchief to like mop up the cum yeah. drip after they yeah the after okay. he just like tucks it in there yeah because that's something i'm always thinking about I'm like that's nasty like you're not even wearing underwear like the next day helen gets a response from the lady that she wrote to for her sister and the lady's like yeah he sent her here um but like a few years ago he basically just like stopped paying and i asked him for more money but i never got a response so like i'm poor too i had no choice i had to send her to an orphanage also, her name is Charity Wednesday. I named her Charity to remind her that she's only has a house because of the charity of others. Yeah. I was like, the charity of others or her dad's like legal obligation to pay for her. But yeah. Whatever. And then Wednesday, this is where I got that fun fact, Rachel, that orphans in the Victorian era, if you have a last oh, name that's a day yeah. of the week, it's very, very likely that your ancestors were orphans. <laughs> Nice, nice. Because <laughs> they named you after the day of the week that you. Oh, came I didn't to put orphanage. that together with this. Yeah, that's where I got that this from. Nice. That and I looked it up. I fact checked it. It's like a real yeah. thing. 
So Helen's like, all right, well, I have to go like scoop my sister. Um, She's like, time for a rescue mission. Yeah. She's like, who can help me with this? But that badass bitch I met last night, Dr. Garrett Gibson. And so she makes up a story about why she needs to go see Dr. Garrett Gibson to Lady Barrick. She's like, oh, well, I have symptoms. And Lady Barrick is like, if you think that because you had sex last night in the department store, you would know you're pregnant, like you're crazy, which thank you, Lady Barrick. She's like, that's not yeah. how it works. Thank you because there are definitely <laughs> books that like – it's like the next, the next morning. Day, she's she, like, I'm pregnant. Basically, Lady Barrick like finds out it's a it's a woman doctor and she's like, one cannot trust a woman with a matter as important as childbirth. <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, I have to go – she's like – Dr. Garrett can't come here. We, I have to go to her house because that's where she keeps all her supplies. And like she has like a light, like a lamp and like light, yeah. stuff to like look at it. And Lady Barrett is like, a <laughs> yeah. male doctor would have the decency to close his eyes during the examination. <laughs> and I'm like, no wonder so many yeah. women died in childbirth. I literally wrote the exact – I literally wrote the quote and then dash LOL, no wonder <laughs> – Okay, so she goes to Dr. Garrett Gibson, who immediately is a total homie. She's totally down to help. And she has her walking cane that she practices, oh, yeah. like, fencing, fencing. with. <laughs> yeah, which I, I choose to believe it's not so much fencing as, like, Krav Maga or, like, something, like, totally badass. So they show up and, of course, they walk right in and the first, like, scraggly child they meet – because, of course, it wouldn't do to see all the other children in, like, horrible conditions. We're only going to share care about the one. No, no, no. They do show the other children. They go out. They go out. They're all, like, eating dinner in a room. And then, like, a, a lot of the younger kids run up. And the, like, matron of the orphanage is, like – Oh, it's so annoying. Like most of the young kids still think that their moms are going to come back for them. So they always get like excited when a person comes. And I'm like, that is the saddest line ever. She's like, oh, well, it's because a lot of the moms did used to come back, but we put a stop to that. They were just like yeah. using us as free babysitting basically. So we had made it really hard to admit and get kids yeah. out, which honestly, like, mm. motivation is not the best. However, like at least they're making at least a half-assed effort to prevent like kidnapping and like human trafficking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> she is she is like to be fair to the matron, she is like it's really fucking annoying because it makes more work for us. Like I wish they hadn't done right. it. <laughs> yeah. So she's not like annoyed with it because she recognizes that's fucked yeah. up, but like you know, she's not pro it. But yeah, yeah. so she sends all the little child the hopeful children to scatter and the only child left is a little girl with light blonde hair. I don't think we ever mentioned Helen has very light blonde hair and dark like eyebrows unique, and dark lashes. Yeah. It's like a very unique appearance. And this child look ex- looks exactly she like has, her. She has an Alice Cullen cut, like random lengths. And she's like, mama. And Helen's like, well, I'm definitely not your mom, but I definitely am your half-sister. Yeah. And the, and the matron's like, get off of her charity. Yeah. She's oh. like, you belong to me. You belong to someone. And she like identifies. She's like, I didn't feel like I ever belonged to anyone until Reese. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. This is like – as I, I spent like – I definitely like used to think in my head like, dis- uh, you know, disaster scenario of like what if our parents died and I had to be like the guardian. <laughs> so don't worry. Had it planned out. <laughs> going to pull a nani from Lilo and Stitch. Oh my God. Um, this is what Helen's doing. <laughs> yeah. And normally I don't really like children in romance. I think this is a pretty common opinion. Like I don't think I'm unique in thinking this because like a lot of the times children are just like annoying. Yeah. They just like take away from like the romance and they're just like a lot of people just don't know how to write children as well. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. yeah. But all of Charity's scenes i was like she is the fucking cutest and Mm -hmm. every time she appears it's to like make it's to show us something about another character like we learn about like the characters we actually give a shit about and so helen 
They managed to get her out of, out of the orphanage by claiming she has like scarlet fever. They scam. <laughs> Helen's like, I feel grief because I definitely lost Reese at this point and a faint lonely note of joy. But she's like, but there will never be anyone else like Reese. Like I know it's like worth it, but she's sad. Yeah. So they're walking back and the orphanage is in like a really shady part of town and they start – they're like harassed by like two men who try to grab Helen – but Garrett Gibson is like over it. She takes one down. She's about to take the other one down when a random other man shows up and like takes him down before she can get to him. And she's yeah. like really pissed. Garrett Gibson is like really pissed because she's like, I, d-, she's like, thank you, but we didn't need your help. Like, and Helen's yeah. like, we're so grateful. And she's like, gratitude is for when you needed help. <laughs> we didn't need help. Yeah. But they don't know who he is and he won't identify himself. And he's just like, all right, well, if you won't let me like get you a cab, I'll just follow you at a distance like, to make sure <laughs> and you're And they okay. turn around and like Dr. Gary Gibson is like, oh, he's like walking 100 feet behind us. And Helen's like, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Gibson is like, no, it's not. Yeah, which objectively it's not. But yeah. No. Definitely creepy. Like even if a man had just saved me from assault and if he followed me afterward, I'd be like, but again, it's only saving if you needed help. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice thing yeah. to do, I guess. Either way. So they get home. Lady Barrack is furious. Pandora and Sandra don't ask any questions. They're just like, how can we help? And they like take Charity and like try to give her a bath. But Charity is like so traumatized. She like doesn't By like the water. nuns, which I identify nuns, with. Which I looked up. There are Anglican nuns. There are only about 2,000 total nuns and monks left today, but they exist. But yeah, I, I hard relate to being traumatized at the age of four by a nun. Oh, remember how we were roasting Carlisle for or, or, uh, Edward for describing Carlisle as an Anglican pastor? Yeah. Okay, so later no, in his this dad book, is an Anglican pastor, right? The pastor. We were like the word pastor, and later on they're talking about a pastor at a local church, and I was like, wait a second, they called him a pastor. So I looked it up, which maybe we should have done before, but apparently the Anglicans are like very fluid. They kind of just like kept all the terms. They have like – they call them assisting bishops. People usually say, quote, Bishop Bob or Archbishop Tom. They have wow. like – but they also have like primates. I don't know what that means. The Anglican church is just – they just made – they just made shit it's up just, as they went along. Yeah, they were like, yeah. whatever. Henry VIII yeah. got a little drunk and like wrote down all these <laughs> random names and like yeah. we're still living with the consequences. <laughs> yeah, so Lady Barrack is basically like, Charity looks exactly like you. Everybody is going to think she's your like bastard daughter. And, like, nobody's going to care about the truth. And so Lady Barrack the next day, she tells Vance about Charity. And she's like, come and get your daughter. And mm-hmm. so she tells Helen, she's like, make sure Charity's ready because Vance's coming from her. And Helen is like, over my fucking dead body. And so we got another great rescue mission in mm-hmm. which Cassandra Pandora and Mrs. Abbott, the housekeeper, all, like, coordinate to help Helen escape with Charity. And she, like, puts us off to the train station. And um, I also really – throughout this book, we've just gotten some, like, anti-bustle propaganda. Um, for those of you that don't know, the bustle is, like, a big, like, butt pad to make, like – yeah. Victorian women's butts seem super big. Um, there were two bustle eras. And frankly, I think this is just like the ugliest fucking Victorian dress form of all time. Like people like to dunk on the 1830s for being ugly, but like the bustle era fucking sucks. And also it's really difficult to walk in because it makes the skirt like super tight around your yeah. ankles. Didn't Reese say that it was basically out of fashion too? Like Helen's out of fashion? Yeah. Well, but there were two bustle eras. Yeah. So anyway, I just really – Helen's like, I'm not going to wear a bustle because like I need to be able to move freely. And I'm like, Yes. <laughs> shame the bustle yeah. like oh yeah i'm very like, you get very annoyed when people shame corsets but i'm like absolutely roast the bustle like anytime <laughs> she goes to the train station she's gonna go to her country estate and then like from there she's gonna like disappear with charity so she like buys her ticket 
And she's like just sitting there. Like the chairs are really uncomfy. Um, we get another badass scene actually. So this is back to Albion Vance. He had brought up this like fairy tale that I've never heard of, but it's it's basically I've heard of it. You heard of it. So it's it's a girl who wears red shoes to her communion and because it's like a metaphor for like sin and so she has to dance until she dies. And Helen like hates that story. It's Hans Christian Anderson. It's one of those like fucked up. Yeah. Helen hates that story. Albion had like compared her mother to it. So she had got – she bought – she buys like a fairy tale book to read to um, Charity and sees that story in it and she's like, fuck no. And like just – Full on rips out the page and she's like, I had to rip out a page of Jack and the Beanstalk too, but it's a worthy sacrifice. And she sees like another woman giving her the side eye, like judging her for it. So she just like makes eye contact as she crumples it up and stuffs it in her bag. <laughs> I love it. And ha- at one point in the book, Helen is like, wow, I like I discovered that like I actually really like shocking people. And so yeah. like this, these are just like these moments where she's like, fuck you. Like, yep. fuck all y'all. Like, I don't, like, I don't you care. And the horse you rode in on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Okay, so they're sitting there, and the the ticket guy who sold her the old the old like you know nice whatever ticket guy like comes like up. elderly like night like he's he's non threatening okay Christmas he comes up man. yes and he's like yeah he's like oh um, I'm sorry to tell you but your train has been delayed by an hour um, and I normally don't do this but since you're the only woman with a child here would you want to like come back and wait in the like conductor room or whatever like some no, like nice somewhere little, where it's like warm my and, like, office yeah it's cushions. warmer yeah comfy and she's like uh, yeah thank you. So he takes her back there and just as he like shuts the door, she's like, wait a second. He addressed me as my lady. How the fuck would he know about my courtesy title? I introduced myself as Mrs. Smith. She's like, fuck. And she tries to like open the door and who's there but that creepy guy who had like rescue, quote unquote rescued <laughs> The them. random guy. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, sorry, you'll have to wait a little bit longer. Super shady. Just fucking explain it. Like, God, this makes you so angry. At this point, I'm just like, fuck all of you. I want her to escape. Like, where do you get the nerve, the presumptuousness to lock her in here? I just want – God, fuck you. Like, get out of here. I just want her to, like, climb the window and, like, get on the train and never be seen again. He's like, protecting. Okay. No. The next scene. No. Where do you get – where do you get the right to do that? You're fucking – you're it's literally false imprisonment. You're she's fu- and running he, and- away because she thinks that he won't love her. She's running away because she's under a misconception. Listen, again, this is one of those situations where if it happened in real life, I would be very angry. But in a book, no. I'm like – This is yes, one of those situations where in real life, I would be very angry. In a book, I'm very angry. No. Okay. Okay. So we got to see who walks in but Reese Winterborn and he is pissed. He is righteously angry and they go to talk in a different room and he has his hand on her neck as if she were a helpless kitten being held by the scruff. Which again, he treats her like a child the entire time. I just like... I mean, I do hate when men hold like women by the neck. There's just... Even like in real life, I see that and there's just something visually uncomfortable about that. Righty. So Helen tells him the truth and that she's like, obviously we can't get married now. Like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to take charity. I'm going to go to France. She's like, I'm going to take charity to France. I can look after her there. You can go on with your life here, and I won't be here to to bother anyone. He muttered two quiet words. What? I said, try it. <laughs> yeah. Try to leave me and see what happens. Go to France. Go anywhere and see how long it takes for me to reach you. Not five fucking minutes. <laughs> every I'm step you it on take. A pillow. Every breath you make. Shut up. Okay, I'm not done. Every single day. I love day. you. I, shut up. I don't give a damn if your father is the devil himself. I'd let you stab a knife into my heart if it pleased you, and I'd lie there loving you until my last 
breath. And then blah, 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 blah. She said, you said any child of his is demon spawn. And he says, I didn't mean you. Whatever damned evil say ever, damned evil thing I ever might say, it never means you. Every time you look at me, you'll remember that I'm half his. No. His hand came to the side of her face, his thumb wiping her tears. You're all mine. His voice was deep and shaken. Every hair on your head, every part of you was made to be loved by me. How do you not love this man? <laughs> I love whatever it is you're made of. <laughs> Rachel is giving me a very judgment. I am like having like spasms and Rachel's just <laughs> judging me <laughs> from her apartment. It's just like, I think it's just my instinctive need to root for the person that's like running. Like if I'm watching like a crime, something about a crime, I'm always – and the criminal is like on the run, always rooting for the criminal, obviously. If I'm watching Helen try to run away from Reese, like get, get gone, trying girl. trying to run away from Reese. She's trying to run away from Vance. Sure, sure. But like run so away, anyway, period. They have a hot makeout after Reese is like, I love you so fucking much. I literally don't care. I don't care. Like I love you and I will love Charity too because like she's half you. And – then he's like, all right, you go wait in the carriage. I'm going to go fuck this man up. And so he goes over to Vance, who has, like, arrived to, like, search for Helen. And basically, Reese is like, I will fuck you up if you don't. And, like, explain this in very graphic terms. <laughs> he's like, I will pull out your organs with a fishing line if you do not leave England forever. Yeah. <laughs> and Albion Vance is like, yep, all right, uh, heading to France tomorrow. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> So it basically solves, like, Lady Barrack's problem, I feel like, if he's not going to come back to, like, claim his title. Yeah. And then they, <laughs> they, they climb into the carriage. Reese meets Charity. He names her with a Welsh name. Um, He calls her Karis. Car- Is that how you pronounce Karis. it? Yeah. Karis. I meant to, like, note I don't know how it's pronounced. I don't know how it's spelled. I've only it's heard it's Karis. It's spelled C-A-R-Y-S. Yeah. With a Y. Karis. See? Reese with a Y. Karis with a Y. It's true. Anyway, it means little loved one in Welsh, which is so fucking cute. Yeah. I, I do like that, especially because I just hate the name Charity. And, like, you know, they go about, like, how it has, like, all the connotations of, like, you know, being an orphan. Reese is, like, no daughter, no child of a winter winterborn would have a name meant to humble her. Yeah. So he's, like, and immediately, like, like pa, pa, like pa has arrived. For sure. But there also is the element of, like, this is a four-year-old who has a name. I do. He does make an effort. He's, like, do you mind if I call you something that sounds similar? So it's kind of, like, played off as, like, a nickname. So it's not as jarring. But it's, like – yeah. I he don't does know. ask like both her and Helen's permission. He's yeah. like, he doesn't just like yeah. name the child. But anyway, so Karis is like, she's crawling all over him and she like goes into his like jacket and he's like, are you sure she's not a pickpocket? And she like pulls out his peppermint <laughs> creams and she like eats one. And he's yeah. like, he's like, Whift, which is like his Welsh thing that he says. He says like Whift, mm-hmm. a lot. And then she imitates him and she's like, Whift. <laughs> and then she sits on his lap weighing no more than a cat. um and then reese is like all right we're gonna elope to wales because um it's a full-time job taking care of you helen you keep putting yourself in dangerous situations um and also we really like fucking and we haven't got to fuck in a long time so um, (laughs) we're gonna yeah i really i feel like as much as i railed against the first half like i really really like i do like the sister plot line like because that's totally something yeah like i totally would do that and I feel like if Reese wasn't on board with that, like, I don't know. I think it's just the ultimate, like, him choosing Helen over his, like, hatred of Albion Vance is just such, oh, yeah. like, it's not even a, a tangible like, he perfect- even question. No, right, right. Yeah. But he's like, that's a thing. But, like, us as the reader being like, 
Reese puts Helen first. It's like yeah. su- in such a tangible way. And not only does he put Helen first, but he puts what Helen cares about first. He puts Karis first. I think it's also just my own like hero complex of like being so certain, even though I have no proof that I would do the same thing Helen did. <laughs> that makes me like finally be able to, to, to identify with her. <laughs> well, that's how Helen's whole journey is that she like develops – she recognizes the inner strength that she always had and that she always, like, felt like she had to suppress. Yeah. And it's because Reese makes her feel safe enough to, like, take those risks. Yeah. Anyway, they elope to Wales. He – the next chapter – there's just something so funny to me. <laughs> the next chapter begins with, Fernsby, I'm eloping. And for whatever <laughs> reason, that line is just, like – carved into my brain like I don't know why I just I I just take such delight in that line I also really enjoy when he was like they're like talking about getting a special license and he's like the archbishop owes me a favor okay like we will get the license <laughs> the literal archbishop just, of Canterbury like, what's the favor and he's like he'll he'll know he'll know and I'm like I want to Lisa what is it I want to know yeah like <laughs> what did this department store owner do for the archbishop of Canterbury that like put him in his debt Right. And he's just like, don't, he's just like listing all these like extravagant like things that he wants done in like a drop of like one day, like less than a day. And he's like, don't bother me with details. Just make it all happen. <laughs> you know what Fernsby does? Cause she's competent. Yeah. Yeah. Reese and Tom sever and have made up. Tom lets Reese borrow. He's like, as a wedding press, a wedding present, I'll let you borrow my sweet ass private train car. And again, this is another thing where I'm like, why don't we have this anymore? Like, right. like the way like, it was it's described. literally a train car that can just be attached to like the main a train. handsome cab. They were talking about the servants being in handsome cabs on the train. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, what? Is that, I guess it's like inside the car. Well, yeah. A handsome cab is a, the handsome cab is a, is like a carriage. Yeah, I know. No, like, like a literal like with a horse and carriage. Right, but why are the servants in carriages on the train? I think the servant the servants are traveling via carriage. Or I don't know. Whatever. Oh, maybe. Anyway, okay. they go they go in the sick ass private car. Reese is like Helen has like bows on the back of her dresses, <laughs> and Reese is just such a little boy. He's like he can't stop playing with them, and he accidentally like tears one at one point. They fuck on the train, and it had me wondering whether there's like a train version of the Mile High Club. You know, like <laughs> the, the, what would like, it be called? The, the like mile, mile west club. club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no. Like, what's the version? <laughs> what's yeah. the train version? I feel like there should be one. I feel like there should be one for like each mode of public transportation. <laughs> like the Greyhound bus version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, yeah. So they they're in like Wales, and Helen's like, oh well, there's like a crowd of like Welsh people who want to like see the famous like Reese Winterborn because he's like a Welsh icon. Like, he's an icon like, everywhere. He's definitely like a public. Figure. Yes, but like he's specifically like a hero to like yeah. working class people and like Welsh people. And then they all come, they all watch, and then they get married. And Karis and Reese picked out an Oathing Stone together. Little tie back. Like Reese is like, Karis and Reese went on a walk. He's like, oh. we went on a walk yesterday, and like she helped me pick it out. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, where are we gonna throw? Like, and we can throw it like wherever you want. He's like, there's even like a lake that's said to be the final resting place of Excalibur. And Helen is like, fuck yeah! <laughs> she like has like a King Ar- King Arthur thing this whole time. Oh yeah. Oh, he's wait. I did like when they're getting married. He's like. She's like, I don't have anyone to give me away. And he's like, you need no man to give you away. Just come to me of your own free will. And our love will last till the stars lose their shining. And our love will last till the stars lose their – no, I can't do it. It's either. not. It's an Irish accent. I could I could do it if I just heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 
Yeah, so it's the epilogue. They're talking about Pandora's board game. And Reese is basically like, listen, she'll be super successful, but like eventually like she'll realize that like money like doesn't make her like fully satisfied. And then Helen is like, were you unhappy before you met me? And Reese is like, or he was, she's like, were you lonely before you met me? And then he's mm-hmm. like, as lonely as any man would be with half his soul missing. I'm like, God, just got to throw in one more lot. Like I'm saying, <laughs> as if this man doesn't have enough zingers in this book. Lisa's like, oh, I'm going to sprinkle one more in. I'm going to sprinkle one more in. Um, Helen is pregnant. And she tells Reese, and Reese is so soft and worried. He's like, Helen, my treasure, like, you're standing on this hard floor. Like, you're wearing a corset. Is it going to squish the baby? <laughs> He's oh just my like, God. Oh, God, are you going to be okay? And Helen is like, I'll be fine. Like, it's all chill. And Reese <laughs> is just like, he's such a, he's just such a soft. He's pa. Yeah. I didn't realize that until this reading, but like, I think that's why I like him so much, just because he's pa. <laughs> Oh my god. Are you converted? <laughs> no, but oh. I'm good. I'm happy for you. Evil! I love him so much. He's my favorite, like, by far. Let's discuss cats. Okay. Well, I honestly did not pick up on the Helen cat stuff. And I, I wrote in here, I was like, well, Reese is always compared to a wolf. Helen doesn't really seem fierce enough to be a cat. So, like, I would say She's low. But now there's all the cat. Yeah, I didn't even I, – I wrote down – I wrote down – I literally wrote down some quotes where Helen is compared to a cat. And still, like, didn't make the connection. It's like, like kitten is not scene. cat, though. I mean, I guess it is. No, but, but there like, are many no, scenes where she's compared to a cat explicitly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. like, Karis is a cat. And Karis is, like, just a mini Helen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's, like, it's, like, the most traditional sense of the cat scale. And which is just cat language. Like, characters are compared to cats. Sure. Yeah. There was definitely mewling at least once. At least a few times. There was definitely growling from Reese. Reese, I know Reese is compared to a wolf, but yeah. um, again, like I like the term bear-like man is very mm. much like Reese in my head, and we've already established that bears are cat adjacent. Yeah, they definitely are. Yeah, like honestly, I'm trying to. Like, I, he doesn't give me wolf vibes at all. Like he definitely gives me besides the description dog vibes in terms of yeah. like protecting. Yeah. Like the, his like protective instincts. Yeah, maybe. Would you rather be raised by wolves or lions? Wolves. Why? Don't lions, like male lions, try to eat their young? Oh, that's true. I didn't think of that. My logic I w- happens to wolf. I wolf. would also I would also say wolves, but because I feel like if a wolf is gonna eat you, it's gonna eat you right away. But like if you're accepted into the pack, I feel like you're pretty much good. Whereas I feel like yeah. a lion, like they might initially not eat you, but like at any moment it could be like, yeah. all right, it's over. Anyway, Reese is very like fierce. Like a cat. I wouldn't Reese doesn't <laughs> give me cat vibes. No. He gives me, you know what he's like? He's like a mama bear. He's like a werewolf. He's like a mother like bear. Hairless. Yeah. Yeah, that's so weird because I I imagine it's like specified that Reese doesn't have a hairy hairy. chest, which is I don't – I know that there's like a whole conversation about how he doesn't have hair on his chest, but I imagine him with hair. That's like one – it's interesting. I feel like like that kind of body hair on men is one of the like – I wouldn't say like truly neutral, but it's like one of those things that's like just personal taste, but I wouldn't say there's like a clear split of like it's bad or good. Yeah. I imagine like near like Alec Baldwin level of hair. I have no idea what Alec Baldwin's chest looks like. What? Why would I know that off the top of my head? Young Alec Baldwin. Look it up. Okay. 
I'm on Bing though, so no guarantees. <laughs> I mean, I see. Oh my god. Oh my god. In the ass <laughs> What the fuck? I wouldn't even call that like top, like peak amount of hair though. It's it's disturbing, but it's not. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying that's that's the level of chest hair that I picture. Yeah. Young Alec Baldwin. Oh my god, you have to link to this. Hair. You have to link to this picture. <laughs> Which one? I'll send you the link. There's many of them. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, no, I'm thinking I yeah, I'm not thinking of Okay. Anyway. All right, Catskill. Anything more to discuss? Hmm. I wouldn't say any of the other side characters were cats. Maybe like Devin. Oh, Lady Barrick is a cat. For sure. Kathleen is a cat because Kathleen. Lady Barrick? But it's spelled with a K. Lady Barrick's not a cat. Yeah, it's true. Lady Barrick's not a cat. Lady Barrick is a hyena. <laughs> no. No, we're not Cassandra using her and hyena and and derogatory Are definitely our hyenas, hyenas. like chihuahuas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. Justice for hyenas. Okay, three, two, one, six, seven, six point five. Actually, I'm gonna go with seven. Why are you going with seven? I just thought about it more, and I'm like, there really are like. I, I think I think I was being influenced by the fact that this is like the traditional sense of the cat scale, as opposed to like vibes. You know, mm-hmm. because none of the characters really gave off strong cat vibes. But there was a lot of cat language. Yeah. Which I don't think we've really encountered before. I feel like most of our cat spells have been based on vibes. Yeah. No, there's been some mewing for sure. Mewling. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that's really that's like been the deciding factor. You know what I mean? Yeah. For most of our stuff, because it hasn't been that frequent. But like cats were really frequent in this. Lisa Claypaw's like continuing the tradition. Where can they find us, Rachel? Well, Allison, they can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at We Read It One Night, or on Twitter at We Read It Podcast, or they can email us at We Read It One Night at gmail.com. <laughs> and you can also leave us a rating and review wherever you listen because that really helps us please out. And if you that. have anything you think we do well, please give us a shout out. And if you have anything you think we could do better, let us know too. And if you just want to write Godspeed Comrades and leave five stars, that's also great. Like what a, what a fun meme. Like someone comes on like our Apple podcast page and is like, why are all these people writing Godspeed Comrades? Like I'm intrigued. <laughs> I might download an episode. Like, yeah, you would really help us out. And if you want to suggest a book, that is a place to leave it as well as well as our emails and our DMs. We have some episodes coming up that were listener suggestions. So, you know, I just – that just reminded me of the other day I was discussing like unions, like having like a graduate student union. And someone in my program was like, oh, Rachel, like how do you feel about unions? I feel like you wouldn't really be into them. And I was like, excuse me? Excuse <laughs> me, comrade? <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you see my sweatshirt? Do you see my face? Does this my look God. like a fa- the face you of a towel. You were wearing the sweatshirt. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I was, but Godspeed, comrades. Godspeed. Godspeed.